apologize to me. Apologize to God. Hi, Shannon. Hi, G. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Three Books, One Plot, the only podcast on the web where one of us reads Life and Death, one of us reads Midnight Sun, and some literary smut crusader and AO3 connoisseur reads Twilight. The crusader! Which, of course, Marching means ahead for everyone. it's time to welcome back Amber, who you may remember from episode, God, 13? 13? I want to say 13 or 14. Yeah. Um, 13. Too many at this meta point one, to know. The meadow one. <laughs> Mm, um, that horny mess who is yeah. back by popular oh. demand us we're the populace we're popular we are we're the one who made the rules <laughs> we yeah. demanded i demanded i yes. come back <laughs> we all it was a mutual decision you guys you know we got consent enthusiastic consent um <laughs> enthusiastic <laughs> so yeah we have amber back which is very exciting for a pretty pretty cool chapter we've got some some stuff in store today <laughs> It's just, I feel bad for laughing because if you go straight from the last episode and to how we ended it, to me giggling at the beginning of this, it just sounds like I'm an asshole. <laughs> so they just got the shit beat out of him, but it's fine. It is fine. Uh, is it? I mean, yeah. Um, so what Shannon is saying is that we are still on March 16th for this episode. Um, still a Wednesday, my dudes. And yeah, <laughs> Bo and Bella have just kind of been through it and they're going to continue to go through it today. So I hope you guys are excited for that. These, these yeah. chapters are so funny and they're not supposed to be funny, but they're so funny. <laughs> no, but just, I know they're funny <sighs> looking back and reading them now as like adults and like mm-hmm. all the bad decisions and the miscommunication. <laughs> it's just at some point it's it silly. is just funny. Yes. Yeah. We do have just a couple little questions since we've already heard Amber's beautiful history. Um, we've got some returning guest questions for you, Amber. Oh. Um, so number one is any any developments in your life, in your fandom life? Have you discovered anything new since the last time we talked to you? Um, let's see. I don't think I've joined any new fandoms yet. Um, I, In terms of like the media I've consumed, um, I watched... I finished watching The Sopranos and oh my god so actually you know what I lied I am in The Sopranos (laughs) fandom Um, I my life is forever changed wow and I now is it that good oh my god I have a Tony (laughs) Soprano t-shirt now I love that man he's my little meow meow last weekend uh my boyfriend and I went out shopping and we were both wearing Sopranos t-shirts I was wearing my one with a bunch of Tony Soprano faces on them and then he was wearing the shirt I got him for Valentine's Day, which was the Bada Bing <laughs> Strip Club logo on the t-shirt. And we were at like um, a farm stand by my house and like the cashier was like, oh my God, you're matching Soprano shirts. And I was like, this is the best day of my life. Um, so, so funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, about 20 years too late, but in the Sopranos fandom. And uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. I've watched The White Lotus both seasons. Mm, good taste, Mildly good interested. And I just started watching The Last of Us and really, Ooh, I've heard good things. really love it. Yes. Mm. And then question number two is, have your opinions on Twilight changed at all? Like, this is such a self-congratulatory question that we ask our returning <laughs> guests. Like, how did we change you? Know, you? <laughs> uh, no, you, you really did. Because I think for a long time, I, you know, I was so invested in Twilight and the fandom and then 
that thing happen where it becomes too popular and people start to make fun of you for it. And then you start to feel like, oh, this is so cringy. And like, as part of the Twilight Renaissance now, we're kind of embracing the cringe. But especially this podcast, I feel like I enjoyed being on, of course, but I really enjoy listening. And I think it makes me feel like I have so much more fondness for Twilight now. Aww. Like, not as just like, it was a huge vehicle for me in terms of, you know, my fandom history, but it just is like a cultural moment and hearing all the guests and hearing everyone's different stories. And like, yeah. you know, we're, we're, you know, 20 something chapters in now and you've had like so many different people on and it's like, wow, this is like a really, this is a really cool thing. So um, I definitely have a bit more like nostalgia for it now um, in terms of like critical thought <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, you know, content wise, that's a, uh, you know, we still got some stuff up for debate here, but I don't know. I, I, it's got a nice, it's wormed its way back into my heart a little bit. Aww. And that's thanks to you guys. Wow, our whole goal. Aww, that makes me so happy. Okay, well, I don't, I don't have any pre-book talk, do you? Nope. Okay, well then in that case, we're going to go ahead and get started here with our first, our 30-second summaries. Um, so first up, we've got Amber giving us a 30-second summary of Twilight Chapter 23, and this chapter is called the angel oh i'm so excited for this my last 30 second summary listening back to it i was like this was horrible i'm so (laughs) glad i get to make up for it now yeah you Um, get to one up yourself now i do i do okay maybe you're ready all right i'm ready Bella has a wet dream, and by wet, I mean bloody. Thankfully, her sleep paralysis demon, or in the case of this chapter, her angel, Edward, is there to save the day by giving her the sucking, but unfortunately not fucking, of both of their painfully repressed virgin lives. Oh my god. She does get- Boy, does Bella get to suck! Yeah, there's a lot of imagery in this chapter. It feels very allegorical in some ways. Mm -hmm. Bella got the suck. I'm gonna be thinking about that all day. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh my god. Ugh. Well. Yeah, I feel good about that one. That was a beautiful Twihard, and since I'm your feminist this week, yep, I've got I've got some stuff to say. Oh, and we about, should be um, we should say what the chapters are called because uh, yeah, Amber's was called the Angel. What's yours called, Shannon? Uh, girl, I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the choice. See, life and death it's called the choice. Life and death chapter twenty three is the choice. Yes. Mm. Yeah, they're all different this week. And I am yeah. ready whenever you are to do your life and death summary. Okay, so I'm I went a little off the charts here. Okay. I'm I did something silly. I wrote a little a little something, a little poem, we'll call it. But the thing is, I didn't just write the poem to include chapter 23 of life and death. I had to kind of do a little backstory in the poem and boy, am I going to go over my 30 seconds today. I don't want to over explain it more than I already have, but, um, we'll allow it. This is a lot. (laughs) I I think that's permissible considering the sheer number of times that I have gone over the 30 second limit. So, um, yep. I'll I'll go when I'm ready, but (laughs) I cannot wait for this. 
There once was a boy named Bo. His lab partner he wanted to know. He made it quite far with one silver car plus a date with a girl but no coat. He's not like most boys, not the same. Baseball was the name of the game. Just a vampire sack and an almost attack, then a call Renee calling his name. His monologue sometimes is snide, and some weirdos do give him a ride to a hotel in town where the scenery's brown and he makes the dumb choice not to hide. He's dying from venomous spit. Bones are broken from where he's been hit. When he, while he moans and he screams CPR on her knees, they realize our boy has been bit. But no, no friends, there's no time to cry. Because, because Edith just might let him die. It's his choice I can't call, but I'll still talk and I'll stall. And I just have one question, bitch, why? Okay. That was... That was pretty good. Oh that was only God. 32 seconds. Snap, 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 snap. Okay. Well, it was kind of like in 10 Things I Hate About You when the teacher's like, let me just spit some Shakespeare bars. I have some, I have plenty of, of things to talk about in this fucking, we'll get to it. Don't yeah, worry about but it. bars, we'll it. that was next level. That was like the whole of life and death summarized in 30 seconds. Yeah. I was pretty impressed by it. Just the sheer that's, amount of that's our boy. story packed in there. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, enough about Bo. We'll get to his no good, very bad day uh, in a few. First, let's um, hear from Edward's therapist this week, G, um, all about chapter 26 of Midnight Sun, which is titled Blood. There's so, G, actually two chapters. I don't know if you noticed. It's 26 and 27. What? Did you not read 27? Hold on. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I read them. I'm the one doing it, so it's okay. No, it's not a problem. I know, but still. No, but hold on. I guess I just... Give me a minute. Where's my fucking book? Well, that's my... It was bound to happen eventually. Boy, did it fucking happen today. But you know what? Well, this is the best case scenario for for it could possibly happen, because you did read one of the two chapters. Boy, is the bar low this late in the game. <laughs> that's fine. Anyways... Mm-hmm. Everybody has those days, am I right, Miley yeah, Cyrus? Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyways, let's get let's rewind a bit about forget about the stuff that I didn't do for this episode. <laughs> do you want to do two thirty second summaries or one whole one minute summary? You know, t- this week I'm gonna spice things up a little. I'm gonna do two thirty second summaries, one for each. Okay. I've got my finger on the start button and on the lap button. Whenever okay. you're ready. After smashing through the door like the Kool-Aid man, Edward screams, sobs, howls, and babbles his way through first aid class with Carlisle. Move over, Sophie's choice. It's time for a fun dilemma over the two totally equal options of whether to let Bella enjoy eternal life as a superpowered billionaire vampire or put her down like old Yeller and end the series three books early. Hold on to your hats and leave your disbelief at the door because luckily for Twihards everywhere, Carlisle saves the day by having snakes on the brain and Edward gets to have a fun little snack. Oh, and Emmett and Jasper kill James and set everything on fire or something? I don't know. Alright, so 27 chores. Okay. Edward and Bella may be having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, but Alice is having the time of her life reenacting the film Clue. Turns out she doesn't just steal cars, she also steals clothes, more clothes, crucial hospital reserves of blood that could have been used to save many lives, and my heart. Wearing Emmett's hoodie, Jasper's watch, and Bella's plasma, she gaslights her way around Phoenix and eats herself through a window. But maybe the real girl crime is the totally necessary shopping montage in the middle of this chapter. Wow. Incredible. You did it. I did. Congratulations. I did too for that. About everything that's in chapter 27, <laughs> including including the shit that Alice puts on. Anyways, backing up, Amber, you've got chapter 23, baby. What what the hell is yes. happening here? So, you know, <laughs> when when I first talked to G about this, my first thought, well, when G said I was going to be doing chapter 23, 
like without even looking at what chapter that is, I was like, is that the ballet studio? Like I just knew in my heart, I was like, I have to be doing this mm-hmm. one. You called it. And I was Same brain. so thrilled. Oh gosh, I don't even know where to go into this, but she's been um left for left for dead by James, basically. She's, been she's in her dark, dark, murky water. <laughs> dark water. Yeah. And she's just uh, you know, floating around in half consciousness <laughs> and um waiting for her angel her beautiful, perfect angel who's just howling, yowling, roaring, and growling <laughs> is waiting for him to save her. Maybe he's a biblically um, accurate angel. You know, I like how he Oh my god, yeah, he probably is. Breakdown, like, brings... Because at first, Bella's just like, I guess I'm dead. She's fine. It's like the second paragraph. She's like, and I know I'm dead. And I'm like, what? Like, you didn't even try. Like, this was like two seconds. Like, don't go towards the light. Come on. She's sprinting to the light right now, like, full on. She saw it and said, lazy river, take me home. She's like, I'm out. She really said, guess I'll die. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's no, like, we already know she basically has no self-preservation through all of her decisions that she's ever made. But this was just a real next level and i mean going through this and then why are we surprised in new moon when she's just like well guess i'll just slowly decay (laughs) like why i'll just rot and die and throw myself off the cliff Uh, like this girl does not want to be alive like i'm very confused that's that low Um, self-esteem hitting more than just her self-worth man no sunlight either like she needs some vitamin d the defeatism the passiveness (laughs) in this chapter She does. She needs to sit out in the sun and like have some strawberries, and then maybe her life will feel better. Go get an acai bowl. Go get an acai bowl. Yeah, we thought Bo was the one with seasonal affective disorder, but maybe it's Bella. They didn't mention it, even though it's quite relevant to her journey. (laughs) Literally, Edward's breakdown so fun, though. I mean, I know I shouldn't say that. That sounds mean. Um, it's it's (laughs) well, I think you can say that. I think we've said meaner things. We love a breakdown. I feel. I should feel bad, but... No, I don't feel bad about laughing at this chapter. Why are you begging Bella at this point? Because he's like, no, 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 no. Like, what's she going to be doing? Like, oh, sorry. Like, I know it's panic. Yeah, it's so weird. He's just like, no, no, please, no, stop, no. And it's like... You said please. but like, I guess I won't. In every situation, Edward, you are the one with like all of the power, knowledge, strength, everything. Like, do something. What are you doing? You're just sitting there like crying tearless tears. Well, and he was doing this in Midnight Sun last chapter too. He was like fully having a breakdown while driving down the freeway at 120 <laughs> miles per hour. And like Jasper was having to fucking numb him just to get him to like focus on the present and not go to pieces crying. It was like, okay, this isn't helping Bella. This is helping no one. No cane straight to the brain it's funny though when you see how much edward's freaking out because carlisle is so calm he's got that bedside manner to the point where it's almost as equally funny but i think it's only funny because it's like in comparison to edward's breakdown like carlisle's acting very Mm -hmm. like okay let me do what i need to do i mean he's seen some shit this is not his first rodeo he's seen some shit and also i i mean yes in like on paper this is kind of a big deal but it's also like kind of not like this is like you're not fatal not the worst thing that could be happened like they're not fatal they're not fatal wounds her head is attached baby her head is attached her throat's not slit what's (laughs) like what's the worst that can happen you don't want to suck the venom out I'd be like, cut off her hand, amputate it. Like, yes. that'd be horrible. But like, you, she can still go on and live a fulfilling life. That, that's, like, that would be a, a thought that Edward would absolutely have right there. Oh my God. Yeah, that's I'm kind of kind surprised of he didn't. I love yeah, OTPs no. where one cuts off the other's hand. They did that in Nikita and it was great. Oh God. 
Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh. No, and he's armed with like his whole family and Carlisle and like all the most capable people to be solving this crisis. Yes. I, I don't know why he's so he's freaking out. He's the least out. useful person in the entire like situation in terms of like Emin and Jasper are off dealing with James. They're burning down the building to hide the evidence. <laughs> Alice is also, we'll learn. You doing said they're some helping. Stuff. They're burning the building down. <laughs> Listen. He's like, you know, like when you're doing something really busy and you have like a kid with you, like a toddler and you need to like, busy here, work. can you hold my phone? Yeah. And like, it's just very safe. And like, just like, and they're very focused on this one very easy task and they're out of your hair. Like someone should have given Edward some like, Edward, hold this bandage. Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, he should have had a task. Maybe sucking Bella's blood was his busy work. Maybe that was his coloring page. Maybe none of them thought it would That's work, true. but they were like, we need to keep Edward busy because he's getting in the way right yeah. now. And it's super annoying. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if it's going to work, but we can try it. But oh, there's something fun though, because in the last Midnight Sun chapter we read, um, we got an introduction to to um, Carlisle's fun bag of goodies, and that gets brought up here because Carlisle also has his bag of fun little his bag of morphine here, his bag of drugs. God, <laughs> just, I wish I had a bag of morphine. Keep that thing on him. You know, I you know everyone who's a doctor just keeps morphine on them at all times. That's normal. Who hasn't stolen from the hospital? <laughs> Yeah, who, who isn't walking around with narcotics? <laughs> well, and we've established drug abuses for boys, and Carlisle's a boy, so he's allowed to have this. <laughs> Kareen's got some explaining to do them. Yeah, it's true. She's For her, it's a girl crime. The panic happens um, for Edward while Bella's like, they don't know Bella's bit yet when he's panicking. But when yeah. they realize he's bit, it's like, oh, your panic could have gone here, but I mean, mm. instead your, self, your self-loathing went there instead (laughs) he has to do the full emotional journey yeah what a choice i have a thought do we think that like carlisle didn't think sucking the venom out was gonna work so he is he thinking like (laughs) edward's gonna let her die and so he's just gonna give him a little snacky snack before she dies like if he gets to imagine he's like he's like i don't want to die might as well get a taste How often do you get to taste your singer, you know? Yeah, I mean, James didn't get to. It's true. Oh, my God. Life is short. We have to learn from James. Like James. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes me laugh because Edward's being so silly and Carlisle's so calm. And Edward's like, what do I do? Carlisle's like, I don't suck the blood. I don't know. And, you know, <laughs> Good luck. many people have pointed out that this is ridiculous. And one of the biggest plot holes in the books is Edward being the one to suck Bella's blood when... He's the least qualified person to do it. Like, Carlisle is right there. Carlisle absolutely should have, yeah. If Alice is asking you, are you is this going to work? You should be a little worried. Yeah, and the idea that Carlisle's like, no one else can possibly stitch up her head wound. It just has to be Edward sucking the blood is so funny. Everyone else who's, like, gone through medical school as well. Yeah, like Edward's gone to medical school. But I guess he's not qualified yeah. to stitch Bella's head wound. It's not dramatic enough. It's not dramatic I'm enough. I'm sure her head wound isn't even that bad. Head wounds just bleed a lot. Yeah. Carlisle yeah. should know. Well, and I also think like- Come on, King. I'm gonna, this is gonna be a, put a pin in this for Midnight Sun, but the language used to describe how much blood there is seems very excessive. Like- uh, Yes. Yes. She can't possibly yes. have bled this much and survived with the, the amount that Stephanie Meyer is describing blood going on here. Yeah, she um, describes it a couple times very grossly because it's like they're kneeling in it. It's like, a, it's gross. <laughs> I mean, from a narrative standpoint, it's a vampire book. There was always going to be some blood. Um, I can get on board with it. But from like, when you pull back and try to like, think about this actually playing out, you're like, this wouldn't be, it wouldn't be six gallons of blood. We don't have that much. <laughs> Um, and also just uh, 
that's the other thing. Like, I, I do think from a narrative standpoint that having Edward be the one to suck the blood out of Bella, suck the venom out of Bella's blood, uh, which <laughs> is what he's doing here because she was bitten by James on the hand and she, he is sucking out James's venom so she doesn't become a vampire. Um, I, I mean, that's good growth for Edward. It's an arc, but it, you know, we maybe could have set up the circumstances so that it had to be him and there weren't many better options sitting around not helping. <laughs> hey. Alice was right there. I, she was. I just wanted to be a little gay. <laughs> Maybe she's yeah, not Miss Self Control, but someone's written that. We could find that on AO3. There is one line, though, that I want to read because, you know, this is Bella's point of view. And she's talking about, she's all woozy, talk about what's going on around her. And at one point she says, Carlisle was bent over me, working on my head. Title of her sex scene. <laughs> it took me out of the moment. I'm sorry. The Carlisle anyway, Bella. Hold on, I'll counter. I have a counter for you. I have one as well. We're gonna need this. Okay, I'm so excited. Is it all out? Carlisle asked from somewhere far away. <laughs> I hate it here. Wow, okay. Carlisle writes this chapter. Like, I feel like it's the stands are no, being he did fed. Good. He's got such a great <laughs> bedside good. manner. You know, he's really cool and collected. He told Edward, yeah, go ahead. Good luck. He's do- saying all these sex tape titles. Yeah, he's the star of all the sex tapes. <laughs> oh, man. I have, it's funny because I have a note here. And I don't remember what this was referring to. It was probably the whole chapter, but it just says, somehow Palpatine returned. It's <laughs> 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 JPEG. Somehow Palpatine Return kind of is the name of the game of like, we, you've really yeah. got to suspend your disbelief in all, all of the chapters this week. Like we just, we got to, sure. Edward can do sure, it. Jan, this is happening. Sure, Jan, sure, Emmett Jan. and Jasper didn't turn around and murder Bella. Like, yeah, no, everyone was suddenly yeah. really good at resisting blood just for this one time. This one chapter. Again, I'll just say, I, I think the only reason Jasper didn't go crazy is because they said, we'll let you kill. You can kill someone. We'll let you kill someone if you don't kill that yeah, one. Like, that's the whole thing. She, we've got Bella bleeding out gallons four feet away. And then next month, she gets next a paper cut month? and he almost kills her. And it's like, <laughs> the, what? Yeah, it's very it's as so the silly. plot demands. It's somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it intensifies with every page of turn, baby. I fucking love yep. this book. <laughs> yeah. Kind of all my notes in this chapter were just about like which things do and don't work for me. And like the the whole calling Edward the angel thing is so, so cheesy. But it is kind oh. of fun to be in Bella's head as she's just like dissociating all to hell. No, I thought that description was bad. <laughs> is that am I the yeah. only one who thinks that I was in the water and I dreamed and I floated, but I, I was, I heard everything and I knew I was dead. Heavy water, angels calling my name. Yeah, well, no, the the imagery was silly, but like, I liked, I liked that she kind of, like Amber was saying, had just totally given up and was just passively like, <laughs> and I'm dead. <laughs> Fuck it, let's go. I, I, I tried and therefore no one should criticize me. I am wondering if um stephanie meyer used um an editor for for this book as a whole but in, especially this chapter mm. um because what i noticed as i started reading i like stopped and had to go back i'm like i'm gonna keep count because this chapter is just barely five pages mm-hmm. and the word pain is used 15 times oh my god and i'm like oh pain pain sometimes multiple times in one sentence there's no synonyms i think there's like one agony somewhere mm-hmm. but i'm like it's a lot of writhing too funny like 
bellowed, moaned, begged, whimpered. Yeah, well, that's kind of, I had that note from Midnight Sun. Like, all of the language is so over the top. Like, there's no neutral verbs. Everything is shrieking or moaning. If I were Bella and Edward's next to me bellowing, I would have been like, stop it. I'm in pain. Yeah, she's like dying and he's just like screaming (gasps) in her ear. (laughs) Bellow, don't do that. We're right here. Cut it out. He's howling. Wait till I'm actually dead to have your breakdown. You have hope. My heart's still beating. I know you can hear that. Exactly. Like, why is he panicking so much? Like, if you are the one who knows exactly like where she's at in terms of the lifestyle. I want to see Edward in like, like a really minor inconvenience. (laughs) Like, I want to see Edward once like Emmett's accidentally back his way into the Volvo on accident and the bumper gets fucked a bit. I want to see that Edward because I'm sure it's still bad. He's a nightmare. Well, and what the other thing that really offends me about this chapter is that he's crying. He's crying a lot. And we just read a chapter in which Stephanie did goddamn everything to avoid letting Bo cry because men don't cry. But now apparently they do. I'm I'm just mad at this double standard. I think if Edward's allowed to cry, Bo should be allowed to cry. Vampire men can cry, but not human men? Like, what is this? What is this, Stephanie? Fuck Explain. up, yeah. if true. She's got some explaining to do. I didn't have anything before the last page. No, that's kind I of all my notes. have a big note for the last page. One of my notes just says, it sure is a chapter. <laughs> it, it sure is. What about you, Amber? Um, I wanted to, you know, not necessarily, this isn't like a major note, but it's something I was thinking about, is that I remember in chapter 13, the last time I was on, I said the whole thing was like a metaphor for edging and i'm gonna say that this chapter is like a metaphor for cucking no um, yes oh my god like edward has to now like if we're gonna make the illusion here that venom is like come mm-hmm. um yes. as you would and now so james has cummed came yeah. Yeah. <laughs> inside of bella <laughs> he nutted in her and he fanged in her whatever you want to call it and now edward is like because edward wouldn't you know, and he and James <laughs> kind of like Christian made that yeah. assumption. He yeah. wouldn't. And so now Edward has to undo the damage of another man who like kind of took his like, I don't know. I think there's some no, sort of you're not wrong here, because when I was yeah. reading the Midnight Sun version of this, I had such th- like the same thought of like, why does this have such weird religious but it's, sexual implications? It yeah. It's super sexual. And yes. like, mm-hmm. I think yes. it's even, it's reinforced even more in the later books where Bella wants specifically Edward to be the one to bite her. She's like, they're mm-hmm. all like, well, Carlisle's going to do it because he's, you know, he's the one who's most experienced. He's not going to hurt yeah. you. And Bella's like, I want it to be Edward. And it's it's like, very much, okay, vampirism okay. is like a metaphor for you losing virginity, your virginity yeah. in books. Mm-hmm. Is yes. what it comes down to, I yes. feel like, in a very simple simplified way yes and so if we're gonna take this one step further um does by james like giving her a little bit of venom giving her a little taste of vampirism giving her like just the tip if you would is this like yeah oh my god no i'm following you you're following me. You're, I'm going right to Mormonism yeah. when they do the whole little rocking on the bed. Soaking. And they like, soaking. what, soaking? soaking? Is that what it was? So- was this soaking? I'm shocked with how much soaking has come up in this podcast. I'm not. Mm-hmm. How are you shocked? It's been cut a few times. Listen, hey, I know nothing but Catholicism. <laughs> um, soaking is when you are penetrating someone, <laughs> but not moving. And some a third person is jumping on the bed beside you. That's called jump humping. Sorry, I know so much about this. Um, Please. But of course I do because it's ridiculous. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to God. You have to call a friend to jump up and down next to you. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what like Carlisle is doing here, if you if you will. 
except it's in reverse. He's like, I'm, I'm helping yeah, you. I'm so. Yeah, I think I could write like a critical essay yeah. on this and like what it means and in the terms of like their relationship as a whole where this is just kind of like a, oh, oh, like holding out for marriage and like yeah. holding out for, you know, to be a vampire. It's just for, for jumping over just unnecessary hoops. Mm-hmm. No, it's very much someone sent us, someone sent us a lovely meme um, a couple episodes ago of Alice versus Edward's solutions to protect Bella from James, where it's like the mental gymnastics that Edward is doing to avoid turning Bella into a vampire um, are just crazy. And this chapter, it really exemplifies that. Like all you had to do was nothing and she would have been fine. He's he's really taking the hardest way out possible here. Yeah. God, is he ever. And I just, I, I wish Alice... And him weren't as close because I feel like if they weren't, she would have just been like, fuck it. I'm going to do what I think this girl wants. Uh, and I think that might be backed up in at some point, whether or not it's this chapter or another mm. episode or a future book. But Well, I think we'll kind of see a contrast between this chapter and the Life and Death and Midnight yeah. Sun ones of how, how Bella's decision or the decision of what to do with Bella is framed. Yeah, yeah. The last thing I have a a note on is a a quote from um, Alice, a quote from Bella where she says, Alice, I tried to open my eyes. Alice, the video, he knew you, Alice. He knew where you came from. And I wish I could say, boy, oh boy, let's put a pin in this. But we we can put a pin in it. We can. (laughs) That's something we can do. But doesn't that, doesn't that fill you with a sense of excitement, a sense of, boy, this is a thread that'll be followed, surely, since it's been brought up during the climax of the story so we'll get some payoff here well you will surely get payoff with this one huh guys so that's the only other hold thing your I breath for that definitely after. hold your breath hold it so tight you know while i was reading that so <laughs> back months ago in the fan author workshop where i met g g explained the background of James and Alice and I was like what I did not know that having read the books and then when exactly. rereading the couple chapters previous to chapter 23 while reading this I was like oh shit yeah it's mentioned yeah. in the books I thought this was like some sort of fan lore thing that like came out in like Midnight Sun or something nope. like that I was like yeah. oh oh no that's a whole thing I can't believe it was never followed up on yeah yeah well and, and for context like it's it's not just you. Like the story that I submitted mm-hmm. for the fan author workshop again, where I met Amber, um, was about it's specifically about Alice's backstory with James, um, and Alice is never named in it because it's from James's point of view, and he really doesn't care what her name is. Um, so multiple people assumed the story was about Bella because they mm-hmm. just didn't have they hadn't retained this little ah. plot detail. It's yeah. such a blink and you'll miss it thing in the plot that isn't given really any significance or weight and it's not even in the movie like in the movie they don't even mm-hmm. bother they just drop this completely because Tragedy. it is as we discussed in the episode where we talked about in last episode um it makes it draws this really great connection between alice and james that only serves to highlight how there's no connection between bella and james yeah yep but yeah that alice comment was the only thing that i really saw that was like oh okay fucking fine i guess that is something that like I don't know, like, maybe she thought she was going to follow through with at some point, and then it, like, got cut from other drafts, because, like, I don't that's know. such a major thing. Like, that's such a cool yeah. little plot we'll thread to follow. We'll have to, to go, follow. like, read Forever Dawn. I mean, I, I 
get the sense that she was kind of just throwing everything to the wall and she actually didn't care what stuck. She just had certain favorite things Mm. that she really liked in her head and that she needed to keep in there regardless of whether or not they worked. Like my vibe of Stephanie Meyer in general is that she's very bad at like looking at things objectively and taking criticism of any kind. Um, not that she's like bad in terms of she'll lash out, but she's bad in terms of like she can't really separate out. She what internalizes is a good it a bit, which is why we have versus... more books. <laughs> yeah, she's she's very she cannot kill her darlings. Um... She cannot kill her darlings at all, and I think this was a darling she should have either killed or used, and she does neither. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I'm ha- I'm glad it's there for my sake, so I can write weird shit for fan author Thank workshop. But like. God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thanks yeah. for your service, you three lines of dialogue that was never acknowledged again. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Precisely. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, no. I, th- I think she maybe needs lessons in darling killing after that car chase chapter, especially. Agreed. For sure. Well, let's um let's try to pick a an NV an N- MVP here. Um I wanna I kinda wanna give it to Carlisle. <laughs> I yeah, like we, I mean, he's the only one who's capable. We almost have to. I wrote, I find every decision in this chapter silly. So, like, it's kind of hard to narrow it down. But, yeah, Carlisle is definitely the one with the best. He's he's holding it together the best. He, I sure. know he's holding it together and, like, it's a very serious nomination. But also, it's just so funny that he's just slowly stitching her head back together. Like, hey, bro, I can't do it. <laughs> You're going to have to do it, man. This is for your character but also, development. This could have been done in like four seconds. Like he could have stitched her up like Suffer this. Suffer and learn. All I can hear in my head right now is the scene in the movie when Edward's just like, Carlisle. Like, and it's like, <laughs> he's like, and the delivery of that line is so unhinged. I love I it. I love crazy. when it fades to back and it's like, all you hear is like, Edward, stop. You're killing her. Edward, stop. <laughs> and it's, like, it's so stop, funny. Stop. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> stop. Yeah, no. All right, Carlisle MVP, chapter uh, 23 of Twilight. Um, good he job. could have sucked King. Bella's blood, but he wanted to build character for Edward. Exactly, you know? and he loves good to put parenting. Edward through pain to build character. That's a big Carlisle thing. That's so true. <laughs> it's a big thing for this guy here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Life and death, y'all. I had so much fun in this chapter. <laughs> I think I had more fun in this chapter than at any other point, which is good because I am this week's feminist. Um, you are. So everybody fucking hold on tight. It was an extremely strong showing, I gotta say. It was good. Um, and there were like a lot of little differences that went a long way, I feel like, in in how you feel when you're reading the chapter and then just mm-hmm. in the, the setup of the chapter in general. Because just like in Twilight, we last left Bo lying in a pool of his own blood. Um, and and he's just... Both oh, right. His blood, his vomiting vomit. is for boys. It's, exactly. it's mm-hmm. choking, vomiting, swallowing, sandblasting your throat. All these boys are just oh getting up to crazy shit. But yeah, so he doesn't drift. He's just screaming the whole time. So instead of having to like traverse the dark waters, he's just like, fuck this. It's very funny. Yeah. Passing out is for girls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the language is, is better. It's just objectively better. It's still not yes. great, but like it's we're no longer having to experience the events filtered through six layers of mm-hmm. conflicting yes. metaphors. And that kind of helps with the immediacy of the action, yeah. I'd say. I like the first sentence. Uh, it's just like comes out the gate swinging. I love the the a shriek like a chainsaw cutting through rebar Ooh. is kind of fun for me. Mm-hmm, right, it's fun. Um, and but no, yeah, I, that gets you right there. His disorientation reads better in general because I think this is why I disliked 
Bella's dark waters thing because at this point both Bella and Bo have been bit but Bella's just like oh I'm drifting and I must be dead but Bo's like this this shit hurts hurts because all he can focus on is the pain and the venom Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. make it's just it's I like it better it's a it's much better it kicks in faster for Mm -hmm. some reason for some reason maybe Stephanie realized whoopsies yeah Um, well and Edith is also he knows who she is he only calls her an angel once he says even screaming mm. she sounded like an angel Mm -hmm. um and like uh, after that he's very aware that it's Edith he calls her by name and it's it feels more genuine like a more realistic yes like you would know who that was who was you know your person who's like having a breakdown over you there's a line that I really like though um it says I tried to answer and I guess this is him just you know in reply to everybody freaking out or Edith freaking out he says I tried to answer but my mouth was disconnected from the rest of me my screams were gone but only because there was no more air and I really like that because it's like damn he's having having a bad time and he means that literally like he cannot breathe they have to Mm -hmm. perform CP on no, him, which they did not no. do to Bella. This is my biggest issue with this chapter. <laughs> my biggest issue is the CPR because I, and when I first read this book, I must have forgotten they try to give CPR to an awake bow. Mm-hmm. And not only does Edith have medical degrees, she should know not to fucking do this, but mm-hmm. not only is she giving CPR to an, a, a conscious individual, his head is in her lap when she's doing it. Baby Spider-Man girl. CPR. <laughs> Baby girl, I know you have medical degrees. What are you doing? She's trying to kill him faster at this point. Mm, you do not give CPR to an awake person. I literally did research on it to try to figure out, like, is this a thing that you can do in certain circumstances? Mm-hmm. And the only time that it's ever been recorded, just in any records of a person who is actively conscious, needing and successfully receiving CPR was 1989. Wow. It is not a thing that happens. So, Stephanie, do better on Google like searches. That. Considering his his uh, ribs are broken, I don't know if chest compressions are like a great idea. They're, they're fucking him up worse. Oh my god, they're splitting him open. So not one <laughs> way. Oh. But in yeah. addition to because Edward gets his sobs, um, Bo doesn't get to cry, but he does whimper in this, which Aww. is the closest we've gotten to crying from him. So I had to write that down. And yet he's still so manly because he specifically is trying not to scream because it hurts Edith when he screams. And he doesn't want to upset her by screaming. He's like, I don't want to harsh the vibe any further than it's already been (laughs) harsh. But I'll try to hold it in, I guess. Sorry if I'm inconveniencing any of you. Not that he's not bleeding all over them. Is giving me the vibes of like, if you were in labor and like your husband was beside you and you were like, I don't want to hurt your hand by squeezing it. Like... (laughs) You're the one, you're the one that matters right now. You can do whatever you want to the other people. He deadass just doesn't want to inconvenience her by suffering too much as he dies. He's like, let me just, so let me just put it together for Edith. No one has any self-worth. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, I think the greatest part, or one of the greatest parts, I can't even I can't say that so far. We're only at the beginning, is because when Edward is like, oh God, oh no. I can't do this because eventually the topic of, oh, suck the venom out mm-hmm. comes up, which again, sure, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so Alice in Twilight is like, Edward, you have to be the one to do it, but I don't know if it's going to work. But in Life and Death, Archie says, there's a good chance you'll kill him yourself, to which Edith replies, give it to me. I can I can do this or something. Title your sex. Yeah. It- ah! <laughs> <laughs> Let me find it. Uh, hey yo 
And I, it's such an interesting change because again, the last few episodes we've established Archie and Bo have more of a relationship. Archie's more of a character because Stephanie Meyer knew what she was doing with these characters at this point. So she's really been able to build on this both for this specific story and because she's had the time to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoy that just on a selfish personal level because I'm like, yeah, Alice, why were you just like, I don't know, buddy, give it a go. Yeah. Well, and also like <laughs> she's changed who's the proactive character in this situation, right? Like yes. instead of the other characters pushing Edward to do it and being like, you have to do it. It's Edith who's like, I'm going to do it in the face of mm-hmm. the other character's doubt. So it's kind of more interesting. She gets to make her own, she gets more agency, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also like that we we hear a line where Eleanor is told to get out. It's like, yeah. Eleanor, thank you, now get out. Because Bella is completely unaware that Jasper and Emmett are even there. Like, like next chapter, she's she like, oh. She smells gasoline. <laughs> Jasper and Emmett were there. I didn't see them. Um, whereas, like, Bo has just this one little hint, again, of being more aware of other people. He's like, oh, Eleanor. <laughs> When Bella's getting the blood sucked out of her, sorry, the venom and the blood sucked out of her by Edward, uh, eventually it seems to kind of be like more of a natural conclusion to the blood sucking part where Edward just is like, oh, I taste the morphine. She, her blood is clean. Well, very, very quickly in this chapter, Archie tells Edith to stop when Edith is trying to suck the blow, the, the blow. She's trying to suck the <laughs> venom out of um She's giving him the bow. suck. And Archie suck it, suck it. smacks Edith across the face, to which Karina's I, like, Archie! <laughs> but Archie knows what's up because he sees that he's Edith's about to kill Bo at this rate, and that either Edith is going to suck him dry, lol, or <laughs> they can just let the change happen. And then he says, we got here too late. Yes. Well, and I have a question for everyone about that very line, actually. Wow. Why do we think the life and death Collins got there too late? My personal theory is that it's because Edith is short. You know, she's just a little slower. <laughs> she's so short. And when she was driving and stealing those cars, she didn't have time to adjust the seat. You're right. Oh, hey. Yeah. Must be Hey, it. all that Grand Theft Auto and for what? They shouldn't oh, have let her drive. Too late. Too Women late. Women shouldn't drive. <laughs> That's it right there. It's because, yeah, it was Kareen, it was Edith, there were just too many women involved. They messed, they fucked things up, you guys. This is why feminism isn't worth it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's really not worth wrong. it. Yeah. Oh my Red god. Filled. Yep. And so while Edith is having a breakdown, Archie is like, okay, because Archie's fucking on it this chapter. Archie's doing such a good job. And he basically is like, okay, there's no time for this. This change does not need to be this slow. Kareen, are you going to bite him? And Kareen is like, absolutely not. Um, And the actual quote is, I made an oath, Archie. I didn't, he snarled. And I love this so much, but also because I would have selfishly loved to see Alice snap at Carlisle. Yeah, baby. It's so good. Archie is like, I know that there's a lot of things going on right now, but you're not letting my best friend die. (laughs) Fuck you guys. Mm. Oh, and you know what? I almost I want to get up and storm around my room real quick, but I won't because this is what I mentioned in my summary. Edith kind of being like, maybe we could just let him die because Edith says, wait, wait, he deserves a choice. And then she goes on with this beautiful, quick little monologue about how it's all up to him. And if he doesn't want vampirism, it's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. But what's fucking funny about this is that like Edith is like, okay, hold on. He might want to die. You know, he might want to die. He might rather be dead. Once Mm. Archie tells her, like, listen, you're not going to be able to rehumanize him. He's either, it's either vampirism or death. 
Um, he says, there's only two futures left. He survives as one of us or Edith kills him trying to stop it from happening. Then when she stops killing him, it's like, okay, well, do you want to kill him on purpose? Do you want to maybe, I don't know. And do she that? really considers it. She's like, he might want to die. Like maybe we should get his opinion before we save his life with vampire venom. Like well, you I'm, don't know. I like that they consult him. He gets a choice. Bella does yeah, not get that's a choice. very nice. Bella gets it's zero very choice nice. in whether or not to become a vampire rehuman or die she gets no say in that Bo is allowed to pick between vampirism or death which is very nice i like but it doesn't feel like it right it doesn't feel like a choice though because it's like if he had the choice between vampirism death or being human again and then he chose the vampirism route i feel like it would it would feel better but i feel like this isn't much sure they they verbally are like let's give you a choice but it doesn't even i feel like it doesn't hit that way because it's like, oh, do you want to die or live? He's like, obviously live. It just, it feels like something that was built up to really well, kind of fumbling a bit. Fumbled the bag. I don't like yeah. it. Well, I think it would have been actually a lot worse if he'd been given a choice to rehumanize and still picked vampirism and Bella hadn't been. I think that would have actually felt hit way worse. Because it already hits <laughs> oh, bad that yeah. Bella gets no choice and oh. he gets a choice between two options. Um, mm. But it's also interesting that he he hears them having that discussion about Mercy killing him. Because um, he is also injured way worse than Bella. Like, he's not going to recover, Joss even if he wasn't full of venom. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Joss came in him too much. <laughs> she came out swinging. Um, there is um, the exchange at one point where they're trying to give him that choice where Edith is like, tell me what you want, Bo. Anything. You, I spit through my teeth. Just you. Are you sure? He said yes! Come on! Hurry up! Mm-hmm. Are you sure? She has to be sure. The alternative is death, baby! Your time is ticking! But I mean, I guess what's good is that the time isn't really ticking at this point because Archie has already told us, okay, well, he's changing anyway. We're too late. And that's why he's like, Kareen, are you going to let it be this slow? Or is it going to be this agonizing? Because he got bit on the finger. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Because that was real, real rubbing ooh, it in. That's, that's going to be a slow, slow crawl, baby. Which is why Archie's like, okay, well then, I guess I'll bite him if you can't because you took an oath. And I don't know, you're having a moral dilemma, Edith. I'll let you be. <laughs> so Archie is so, so, He's so, on so top of the situation. Ready to yeah. bite his best friend, Bo. And I think that's a little gay and I love it. Yeah. yeah. They should yeah. kiss while they're at it. They mm-hmm. should MVP of my heart and soul. And I do forgive him for being tall. He redeems himself in this chapter. Because <laughs> I know we hate him because he's tall. I could never fact- forgive him for being tall. No. But as, a, as a person, as a character, you know, no. he does some good stuff. He makes up for it in just this chapter. Wrong. But um, I love when he's like, all right, well, out of my way, Edith. And then Edith confusingly, very confusingly replies, I didn't make any oaths either. Um, False. That is absolutely false because just because Corrine was the one to make the actual oath doesn't mean it only applies to Corrine. If that were the case, they would have never fucking let you live there, girl. Mm-hmm. That- oh, wait, are you thinking about the Quileute Treaty is the oath? Because I was not yes. connecting those two things. I yes. think Corrine just promised herself, I'm, I'm done. No, that's the treaty. How do you know? It doesn't say that. What other oath would it be? I feel it felt for me more personal. Like she was like after Rosalie and Emmett and like that whole debacle. No, that, that do we would... think? Do we think it's the Hippocratic oath? The doctor. I I was thinking that too. I was like, maybe it is the Hippocratic oath. Maybe it is because it would be doing harm at least in Kareen's mind. Well, yeah. Edith thinks Edith thinks she does. It doesn't have to do with her. But that's why I always it always frustrated me that I was like, 
of course Archie would do it because that's Archie's their loophole. Mm. And at the end, when you have Bow is a vampire, clearly that's shown that a tr- the treaty has been broken. They could have been like, hey, this one was this one's new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. We didn't really technically break well, the rules. I, I think the treaty was supposed to apply to the whole Khan family. And you're right that like Archie would be maybe the one exception to that. Um, whereas Edith was absolutely not yes. if she was present at the time. But I'm I'm still not convinced. Like, I guess we'll have to I find am. out in the upcoming <laughs> chapters whether that is the oath that Corrine was referring to. I will say I do really like the last sentence of this chapter or like the last half of it where he says, I could hear the quiet sound of her teeth cutting through my skin. Oh, I hated that. I can't, chills. I hate that you read it. Oh, it's so oh, gross. No. It's so Not gross. Chills. I love it. That's a little gross. hot. It's a, it's a lot hot. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm too queasy for that. Uh. I mean, biting is absolutely for girls in the life and death universe now. It's yeah. just confirmed. That's true. They're the only ones who've done any biting, Sam. Mm-hmm homophobic they wouldn't let Archie bite him <laughs> yeah Fuck it up. is homophobic Fuck up if true it's literally Aww. homophobic especially in the as Amber was saying context of vampirism being a metaphor for virginity taken oh that's so true uh well gee do you do you have any more um notes on this Amber do you have any other things to say on this uh, chapter that's kind of it for no, me I don't think so well if that's the case gee do you happen to have any any updates to your delightful lists I mean, they're pretty short this week, but our things that are for men are CPR, whimpering, and being bitten. And our things that are for women Mm. are oaths, angels, and biting. Um, So those those are your three this week. Just a little little bite sized lists. Ha ha. All right. Well, that was fun. I know who my MVP (laughs) is. Archie Cullen. Yeah. Archie. Yeah, go Archie. He was no argument from me. He was prepared. He was prepared to do what it took. He was prepared. He was ready. He was about to make those choices that nobody else was going to make. Oh, Archie, you've redeemed yourself in my brain. Not that I ever hated you, but why the fuck are you tall? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Well, gee. Um, And I need the listeners to know we had a little bit of a um, technical difficulty where I got five minutes to read as much of chapter 27 as possible. So I know a little bit. The technical difficulty. That's still not a lot. Your brain forgot. It's (laughs) simply, it's simply fine. But gee, I want you to take us on this. um, I don't even know what to call it. Merry ride through town. Because what the hell. Journey through the film clue. We've got 26 blood. We got 27. Chores. Chores. I love how they word it. So Chores. <laughs> I feel like we've had a bit of a roller coaster in terms of writing style and like the the level of these three chapters because I thought Life and Death was much better and now we're back to Midnight Sun and I'm like, oh, never mind. It's worse. It's worse again. Oh, I hate even the first sentence. <laughs> Me too. Because like, it right feels to gate. feel like a continuation from the last chapter, nor does it feel like a good one to start this chapter with. Petty yeah. reason, but I persist and I bitch. Sorry. Well, like. The blocking is okay. The first sentence is uh, through the door. And then he describes, he, he doesn't mean he opened the door. He means he threw the door like the Kool-Aid man. Like we were talking about Emmett a couple episodes it. ago, going through the door. <laughs> With the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This time Stephanie actually clarifies. She really does mean the door smashes. He smashes through it. Um, he then She then uses one of my pet peeves. She says the roar that exploded from my core, which <laughs> I just... Not hey, a yo. fan of when people Title say of my core. sex tape. Hey, yo, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was entirely instinctual is the second half of the sentence. But oh like, my God. Half mm. the time, I feel like it means vagina. Other times they mean like Pilates, like core strength. 
And then other times they mean a very metaphorical core. And it's not always clear which, and I think it weakens the language sometimes. And this is definitely a case where I'm like, the roar that exploded from where? Be specific. <laughs> from Edward's vagina. Well, exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I was feeling it, baby. Um, and then in, in the next sentence, he talks about the tracker diving for the crimson shape on the floor below him. So that is referring to Bella. The crimson, the crimson shape. shape. That's her superhero name. So it's like, <laughs> she's just covered head to toe in blood, apparently. Like, how did that happen? It's only been five seconds since her head was cut, at most. Mm. She's not a crimson shape. She would just be herself with a cut. Yeah, if it's head. that much blood in that little second, she's dead. She Maybe she's dressed in all red. <laughs> Clearly, she's know. been dressed in all red, and it just wasn't relevant until now. Exactly. <laughs> and I, the language is not great. There's a lot of times where I think Stephanie falls back on vagueness in, in order to create suspense um and it instead it's just vagueness it's not suspenseful like you can say it's bella on the floor we know it's bella we've read twilight and her inability to write action is so prevalent in like the three sentences yeah. in which she tries to write action but i do yeah. think it's funny that edward like kicks james into the center of the room like he's a football <laughs> She used her. He does kick him. It's really funny. He kicks him to Emmett. He just kicks it. He punts right. him. Like no, it's such a good pass. Emmett. They've been practicing on the field that move for so long, and they finally got to apply it to the real world. True, because they do play football together. They Emmett be wanted to play sports. football earlier in this very book. Um. So he, you know, just cunt punts James over to Emmett. Um. <laughs> Uh, and then Edward is kind of done worrying about James. He has a brief sentence where he's like, I'm jealous of Emmett and Jasper because they get to kill James. But yeah. right now, my priority is Bella. I can't even think about James. Um, which is like, sure. Okay. I do feel bad for him in this part, in these parts. Coming yeah. Up. Well, he's his, his mentee B, his crying is yeah, um, I feel bad. happening. Yeah. It's very, it's very overblown. I... Yeah, this Poor scene bud. could be, as we discussed earlier, she's really trying to have her cake and eat it too, re-vampires in blood, and whether or not they are bloodthirsty, and how much they are at which times. Um, because if Bella is a crimson shape on the floor, then Jasper and Emmett should be going nuts. But they're not. They're totally, they're just doing their little errand in the background. They're doing a great job. They're playing sports. The sport is murder. There's lots of, there's sentences like, the words pouring from my mouth weren't words anymore. Just mangled heaving sounds, sobs. Um, He describes himself crying in great detail. (laughs) He said, I was afraid to touch her. She was broken in so many places. I could make it worse. Yeah, Yeah. you could. I feel like Edward is like those people who will film themselves crying and put it on TikTok. Like film themselves crying over something, like set up their camera, press play, and then (laughs) cry. And then edit the video and upload it to social media like a fucking deranged person. He is truly mourning. Like you'd swear all the adrenaline was just used up in the car chase because Mm -hmm. he shows up and immediately goes straight to grief. It's not even He doesn't even try. He's very passive. Like Bella. He's like, clearly it's all over for me. Edward is like ready to declare her dead on scene. Bella's like, I'm (laughs) dead. Ready to be dead. They both just not actually want to be together and are looking for a way out. (laughs) And like, they're like in too deep at this point. Like, oh no, I guess I'll just die. Like, yo, that's what it feels like. They've just read too many gothic novels, you know? They've yeah. got female hysteria. Edward even has a line where he says, I was doing nothing but falling apart, which I said is an incredible mm-hmm. line because it could describe him at any time any in point. any of the books. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things he's falling apart over is um, we get to talk about hell for some reason. Uh, smack in the middle of this scene. Um, 
Which is... The religious guilt is killing me. interesting, I guess. I don't Um, like it. Because Bella, from her point of view in Twilight, I mean, we didn't mention the whole debate of whether or not to mercy kill Bella because she didn't know that that was even an option. <laughs> she didn't know that she was on the table. She didn't know that was going on. Bo did. Edward also does. So that's kind of notable that he was mm. considering mercy killing her. And again, she's not as injured as Bo, so that makes it a little bit worse. Um, <laughs> but after he realizes she's been bitten, he considers killing her rather than letting her become a vampire um, in order to escape hell. And he is—he thinks about it in the context of James having just died and says, had the tracker just met the same black wall of nothingness that I was destined for someday, or would there be eternal flames for the both of us? Um I don't know. <laughs> How can you be a vampire and still believe in God? I don't know. I just feel like it's a little... There are vampires and werewolves and we're still like... I don't know. And his belief in God is so lukewarm. I would almost respect yes, it, it more to say it with his chest. Like, I really, really believe in hell. And that's yeah. why I'm so determined not to let you be a vampire. But as it is, he's kind of just hedging his bets. He's like, well, maybe there's a hell, so you shouldn't be a vampire. Maybe. So then I'm like, why are you so vehement about this then if you're not sure how it exists and we mentioned this in uh last uh one of the last uh episodes about him not being fully like does he have a soul does he not have a soul will hell be an option here for him will it not be an option for him like he's very flip-floppy in terms it, it he's very flip-floppy in a way where it only makes it only backs up whatever's happening in the scene where it's like mm-hmm. oh their their family is is greater and this and that and they do have souls because they're animal drinkers and they care about other people but at the same time um they don't have souls because they're vampires and being a vampire is just to be a monster yeah well, it's it's kind of the same principle like we were saying that somehow Palpatine returned as it applies mm. to whether or not whether or not they're feeling bloodthirst, um, whether or not they feel he's decided to have a soul today, as the plot demands. It's more suspenseful right now if he thinks they don't. So the plot demands he thinks they don't. Um, even though two chapters ago, as Jen said, he was bragging about how they're such great people and they totally have souls. <laughs> yeah. This episode I feel like is the first episode where in multiple chapters we get the word heaven because I don't think we've had the word heaven yet we've had the word hell because when you get damned to hell by eating raviolis with someone you just met (laughs) in in a place in Port Angeles that's a thing yeah like the sluts they are but heaven I think this is the first time at least I've caught the word heaven in this Midnight Sun chapter in the Twilight chapter was there I'm not sure about uh life and death but there is a part where I, I don't know if he thinks it or it says it, but there's a line where it says, maybe she'll go to heaven. And my whole line says, maybe you'll be able to taste my boot once I shove it around. <laughs> what do you mean maybe she'll go to heaven? Imagine telling her that like you're going to a better place. And she's like, no, 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 no. I want to stay here. A better place better be back up in Washington. <laughs> there's one more place where they mention heaven in Midnight Sun. It's somewhere in chapter 13, but it's oh. not talking. Oh, about is it? 13, yes. you say? Uh-huh. we'll look we'll put okay. the context in the show notes if you guys are curious about that one um but yeah no i heaven's only here for amber <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i just I, we had to note the way he invokes heaven and hell in this chapter and and again just doesn't he doesn't commit to it he doesn't say it with his chest he doesn't seem to really truly believe either oh, way half-asser i yeah. want to root for him so badly That's in this chapter true. though because you know me, I love I love having pity on the people that are going through it. I love a sympathy vote. I love when people cry and I'm like, oh no, don't cry. You know me, so I want to feel bad for him so badly in this chapter. 
And I do during some moments, but in other moments, he does the whole, he pulls a midnight sun where he does something like this. And I want to be like, Stephanie, leave, leave your boy be, let him have, let him just be a character that doesn't have to have this obnoxious agony over all over nonsense all the time. Let him be a boy whose girlfriend is dying and maybe he wants to fuck him. I don't know. I'm just bitching to bed now. Personally, I would have liked to commit a little bit more to the hell thing because I think like the idea that he would rather kill her than let her become a vampire is actually so fun and chilling. Like that's kind of awesome and like interesting to explore, but it's really not. She just half-asses it in this this kind of very lukewarm way, especially because like there's this um, moment where Bella is screaming and he's like, I can't stand this. I can't stand to hear her screaming. And it almost sounds like he wants to kill her to make her stop screaming. He's just so, he can't stand to see her in pain so much that he'd, he'd rather kill her, um, which is what mercy killing is, of course. But like in this it context- It could also just be annoying. <laughs> I mean- <laughs> That's how I would feel, you know? You see, if he were act- an actual villain, I would enjoy this more. Or mm-hmm. someone who's, like, been, like, he's, like, oh, he's, like, this morally gray character. But yeah. since he's not supposed to be, I just don't, I, I it doesn't well, I don't right even for me. I think it's not, it's even that so much. Is that, It's that, like, for him, love maybe really does look like killing her. And, like, that's a cool idea that we should have explored. But instead, it kind of gets this brief little, like, oh, should we kill her? I don't know. Mm, eh. Um... Like kind when of it a, becomes a passing thought as opposed to something you dig into deep and it becomes part of the story, I'm, yes. I'm not about it. Well, and the fact that he he never discusses it with Bella, which, spoiler, we no, know. Not, not once, no. <laughs> he, never, he, he never gets, like, a DNR from Bella, like, do you want me in the next, if this ever happens again, shall I kill you? What would you like? Um, and he doesn't even get her consent now, the way Edith got Bose. Um which is, it's mm. so shockingly notable, especially because he thinks about Rosalie. He thinks specifically about Rosalie, regretful, always mourning, you know, the humanity that she lost and it's like, and how she didn't have a choice. And then he's like, oh, I can't do that to Bella. But like, you're, you are doing that to Bella. You don't, you don't give her a choice. You just start sucking the venom out. And Twilight would have been helped so much because there is a line in this where it says, it's your decision, Edward, either way. And that right there is, it's yes. just the whole book. It's not even this, it's not even this chapter because Bella does not have agency in the most, this moment when you don't give her the choice. And the fact that Edward even thinks about Rosalie as we're getting this, it's your decision, Edward. It It's such, it leaves such a bad taste in, in mm-hmm. my mouth. Because the characters fail to connect that dot mm-hmm. to be like, Rosalie is upset, not because she's a vampire, but because she didn't get a choice. And so it's, it's just like, you've learned completely the wrong lesson from that situation. Yeah, it's Edward's choice. It's Edward's decision. And it's mm-hmm. just, oh, it just, it, you could have done something better with this, Stephanie, but mm-hmm. instead you just double down on how this is literally just a ship steered by this bastard man. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. And I hate it. Give her yeah. some agency. But no, Bella's a dumb fucking child who can't make decisions for herself. So, I mean, like, it's your decision, Edward. Well, and yeah, the, we know. The context... The way that he, they bring up the idea of sucking out the venom in Midnight Sun is so fucking funny. Because once again, Stephanie defaults to extreme vagueness rather than telling us what's going on. Because she's like, it'll be more suspenseful if I have Edward read Carlyle's mind and he's thinking about snakes. This is the sentence we get. Edward is like, oh my god, she's screaming, what do I do, what do I do? He turns to Carlyle hoping for some assurance and he says... 
In his mind, a coiled desert viper, sand-colored scales sliding across each other with a dry, rasping sound. That what? Makes sense to me. I was going to ask you guys about this because I don't understand why that was put in there. Because it's about sucking out snake venom. What would make more sense? What? Yes. How did she? No. 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 What would it's make more sense is if Carlisle is thinking of like oh. a YouTube video he saw where like two guys were like really high Fine. in the desert and one got bit on the ass cheek and the other one's trying to like suck it out and it's like you gotta do it bro or like it's like some dumb viral video <laughs> like that like a TikTok going in his brain because that's what people would really think like you ever you're ever in a situation and it's like something super super bizarre and you don't know how to handle it but like thankfully you like ha- saw something saw or read something TikTok. super specific exactly and you're like oh I know this like I know for like I'm just waiting for the opportunity in life to know that kangaroos can't hop backwards because Daniel Tosh said so in a stand-up one time <laughs> and I am just like I know <laughs> I know kangaroos can't hop backwards so it's like oh a situation like that like no one's just thinking of like I'm just imagining a snake like in a n- natural you know, you know geographic well and like why was Carlisle be Picturing a snake in great detail instead of picturing the action of sucking out venom, I know. you know? I read that, and I, I I read it again, and then I read it again, and I, I fully didn't understand why he was thinking about a snake to the point where I was so frustrated that I was like, fuck it. I'm not even writing it down as a note. Move on. Because I didn't <laughs> understand why he was thinking about a fucking snake in the desert. I was just wow. like, Stephanie, you here first, folks. That's how bad it is. Oh, but like, truly, in context, it's so strange. It makes no sense. And then there's like, uh, it's it's never even connected. Like Edward never has a line where he's like, oh, he was thinking about a snake because of venom and sucking out venom. First of all, quick, quick detour. Speaking of terrible first aid, do not, do not, do not, do not ever try to suck venom out of anyone. Don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. You will just poison right. yourself. You will not help them. Um, I've had some experience with snake bites and don't, don't fucking do that. I swear to God, call emergency services. Do not suck the venom out, but like, okay. Vampire venom. Sure. Um, no, we'll, we'll just not you know, sure. I'm so mad about the snake thing. And the thing is, if they brought snakes up throughout this whole fucking book, I'd be like, oh, obviously the snake thing again. The only other time snakes have been brought up is because Edward, Emmett and Alice sometimes slither. That's the only other time snakes have been brought up. But now you want to bring snakes snakes into this? And chapter 26, Stephanie, I'm so pissed off right now. (laughs) I just started laughing and I'm coughing. (laughs) In conclusion, it absolutely ruins the tension of this scene. Now I'm mad. Carlisle being like, today I'm thinking about snakes. Like, what? (laughs) He Um, He was really waiting to get home and watch more planet Earth. And then they... He's like, he was like, Edward, hurry up. I mean, come on. True, because we established in a previous we chapter... We the TiVo. We established in a previous chapter that Animal Planet is for boys. So mm-hmm. today, Carlisle is representing Animal Planet. Mm. I can't um, do this, bro. And then they have this long-ass argument about sucking out the venom. And, like, <laughs> Edward is really protesting, like, oh, I can't do that. Like, are you sure that's gonna work? Blah, blah, blah. And Carlisle's just like, yeah, by all means, let's keep talking about it. That'll help. Like, it's very funny to see how impatient everyone is with Edward's behavior, because he is thinking things like, but I wanted to scream, but I'm a vampire, which I said, but I'm a cheerleader. That also took me out. That line also took me out. Yeah. I It's it's very interesting. He, he protests so much, and then he has a long internal reflection and starts verbally debating whether it's possible. And everyone is like, dude, she's dying. If you're going to do it, it has to be now. And Emmett and Jasper in the background having a blast. 
<laughs> yeah, they're ripping the James apart. <laughs> they're ripping the floor. They're ripping James. They're just really RIP to my king, by the way. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. We haven't we have taken a moment. Day. Pour one yeah. for James. I'm going to eat a Yeah, let me have right a, now. Also, cheers. Gushers for James. We love you, king. I, for, I completely forgot that he got murdered just now. Yeah, guess who just got murdered? Why is Archie allowed to slap Edith, but Alice can't slap Edward? That's fucked up. I want to see her little hand smacking him. That's true, because she thinks about it. Uh, She does think about smacking him. There's a point where he he, he doesn't think he's going to be able to stop slorping Bella, giving her the suck. Mm -hmm. And Alice thinks, like, I can't slap him because I'm going to hurt Bella. I'm going to rip her arm off in his teeth if I slap him. And it's like, Clearly, you could have slapped him. Archie just proved that to us. Let Alice slap 2K23. But there's some there's some fun language, I must say, when he starts drinking Bella's blood. Um, there's a good sentence oh, yes. where uh, yeah. he says, uh, the first time I'd caught Bella's scent, I thought I'd be undone. That was a paper cut. This was a decapitation. My brain was severed from my body. Um, oh, I do love this. Was a he's got great lines during this part. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so dramatic. I love when, um, because in Twilight, you hear the whole Edward, she whispered, and then Alice goes, he's right here, Bella. And <laughs> Edward thinks, right here, killing you. <laughs> That's my other favorite. I fucking love that line. Funny. It does such a good job establishing the stakes. He's like, I don't know if I can put her hand down, guys. I don't know. Um, I also like how, once again, Stephanie tries to over-explain this choice to the point where it just draws more attention to it. Like we were talking about how when she has a plot hole, she'll like bend over backwards telling <laughs> yeah. you about like, it. No, 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 listen, like, listen. No. Here are the six reasons why the Eagles could not fly them to Mordor. She's doing it again. <laughs> and she has um the sentence, Bella was burning, and I was exactly the wrong person to save her. Absolutely and literally the worst person in the entire universe for this <laughs> yeah. task. I love that so much. And then one sentence later, she describes Alice making Bella a leg brace out of floorboards. Like Okay, if he's the worst person, you is one of the many other people who are present. I love that line though because it's like, I'm with you. I'm with you, Edward. This shit sucks. Let's let's hear more about this. But then it's also when he hits us with those lines, I'm like, actually, no. I want you to be the one doing this. Give us more of these hilarious yeah. lines. Well, you again, are killing like, her from a narrative standpoint. Great. Yes, Edward should do it. But it's very funny to be like, there's no one else to do it. Alice is too busy with these floorboards. You know, like- and those stitches on those head, that head just takes forever, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I also loved when Bella tells Alice about the tape. You get this little moment of <gasps> Alice deliberately trying not to look at what's on the tape because she could peek in her visions, but she's like, I can't, I can't do this right now. I got to compartmentalize. And like, she, you can, she kind of knows and suspects like whatever's on there is going to be fucking bad. And I it can't, I can't right now. Feel insane, but not even in the fun way because Alice it hurts. to Edward. She thinks we'll deal with this later. We have a hundred things to do now to make sense of this nightmare. And she, uh, 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 and also let's say i believe you so we'll keep that pin in there but i feel like it's going to be one of the last pins that we fucking place in this book mm-hmm. uh, yeah we've got some main character problems <laughs> i get it they can't they can't deal with it right now but then it also gives you that hope boy oh boy maybe they will deal with it uh-huh. Yeah. No, it's it's a bit cruel to me personally. I'm <laughs> yeah. taking it personally. <laughs> and it, it hurts my heart to see her like struggle with like, oh God, 
something about me. I can't right now, though. I'm not the main character. Hold on, you guys. Yeah, you guys, I'm not the main character. I only exist to facilitate your relationship. She said enough about me. Um, here, this is kind of a random uh... one. I know people love Edward calling Bella sweetheart, but to me, oh, it feels no. no, it feels parental. like something Charlie would say. Yeah. Because it's kind of Esme's word. Like, he never, if he called her sweetheart more often throughout the rest of the books, I think I'd be on board. But, like, here, it's just like, you can sleep, sweetheart. It's like, ooh. Mm, daddy like kink? It. Daddy kink? Normally that's a dog whistle for me, but it didn't do oh, it. Not even good daddy Amber, kink. I don't know how this keeps happening. I don't know how you keep getting these sexual episodes. And I feel like it just ends up happening. Because you, you get know, this episode with the, the metaphor metaphors. of the change being losing your virginity. I don't know how this happens, but boy, am I so fucking glad you're here. I, you know, I don't necessarily believe in fate, but... I also bring the energy with me, you know? It's true. It's true. Oh, my God. I don't think I had anything from this last um What a fun chapter. note to end on, specifically Daddy King. <laughs> oh, my God. Snakes. You know, we've got so many phallic metaphors in this chapter with the snakes. Mm. That's the Stop. Thing. I'm bringing off those snakes. I'm so mad about those fucking snakes. Snakes on, a, on the brain today. Oh, man. <laughs> um, should we choose the MVP for this chapter now? Um, Yeah, why not? Yeah, because there's there's so much between both They're of these They're pretty chapters. separate. Yeah. yeah. There's kind of different characters and everything. Huh. I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I this mean, is kind of hard. Games for dying. My first thought is just that Emmett and Jasper are the MVPs because they're the only ones who are like, doing what they're supposed to they're just doing their thing you know what i'll say bella they should get points i'll for that. say mm-hmm. emmett because there is at one point edward looks off and he realizes that emmett's watching jasper as they're like tearing everything up mm. waiting to see if he's gonna like have that moment of weakness yep. yeah. and it's it's very it's put in there very subtly but it's very effective um in terms of being like what are they up to what are they doing it's also partially one of those things where stephanie's like this is why this is why this didn't happen because emmett was watching jesper Mm. um but i enjoyed that so i i could also back up an emmett emmett vote well you know (laughs) as you're saying that as as much as i love giving mvp to emmett and jasper at all times just to push shannon's buttons i'm gonna nominate snakes snakes. i'm gonna fucking kill you and myself in a crime of passion. I think the snakes deserve this one. You know, we I'm were watching gonna, Animal Planet. They gave us the solution. They really did. They're good little guys. Danger just, noodles. Just, just say you hate me. Danger noodles. <laughs> this is such bullshit. I love the snake. <laughs> uh, um, so we can we can kind of table all of those and we'll just we'll let the audience um, pick among all those options. Fine. You know? So if you if you guys you know come find our poll come find our poll vote for snakes. I hate it here. <laughs> the most important character in Twilight, this family. the snake. <laughs> and you know what? If Lilia were here, she would say it was a biblical metaphor again. Oh, that's true. We've got an apple on the cover. Now we've had a snake. You know, hell, heaven. Yeah, this is a very snakes. religious chapter. Yeah. An apple on the cover, a snake on a plane. A yo, a true. Okay, well. Are we ready to kick off with the chapter that I'll pretend I did? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're at chapter 27. I like to call this, and now for something completely different, because that's kind of the vibes of this chapter again. It's such a fun chapter, though. It is. It's one of my Dark Horse favorite chapters of Midnight Sun. Yes. Because it's, it's so different stylistically. And in terms of content from kind of anything else we get. Like, we've gotten some good looks at Alice's visions and how they function, but this is arguably the best one. And it's also interesting because Stephanie Meyer, like, makes 
stronger choices in her writing, yes. I would say, with yes, suddenly switching to present tense um, mm. to illustrate Which we've had we in we've Alice's had vision. some tastes of that before, I think once or twice before in previous Midnight Sun chapters, but this is, she's been prepping us for the this bulk chapter. bulk of it, like most of this chapter is in Alice's visions in the present tense. I think in real it's time, so this good. chapter takes place over the course of like three minutes. Minutes, They're in not the car. Even. They're in the car the whole time on the way to the hospital, uh, pretty much. So like- It gives us Alice appreciators some good food. Yeah, it's another bottle episode, but instead of a car chase, we're getting, I, I compared it to the movie Clue. I think you could also compare it to Sliding Doors. Clue, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, is one where it's like, it's based on the board game Clue. It's about, it's a murder mystery. Um, But they will frequently, like, they'll solve the mystery and then they'll go, but this is how it could have happened. And then they'll rewind and solve the mystery a different way. Um, So they'll, like, do all these different versions of what different outcomes that could have happened. Different explanations. So that's kind of the premise of this whole chapter. The sort of framework is, like, Alice is going through what the next steps are, how they're going to explain Bella's accident, get her to the hospital, create a cover story, get move everyone into place in Phoenix and, you know, Seattle and everywhere they have to go, um, yeah. destroy the evidence, burn down the ballet studio, yeah. all that You've stuff. heard enough of us be like, Alice carries this fucking book on her back, but now Stephanie Meyer's like, okay, let me actually show you the work that she puts in, and I appreciate it. Yeah, no, her oh, tiny shoulders work. are carrying this entire family. Again, she chapter. used to be 5'4", that's my headcanon. <laughs> the weight of the series weighed her down to too much. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool because it shows just like how detail oriented she is. And on on the one hand, like from a plot structure standpoint, it's not really necessary. But I think no. it's more interesting than it's, the car chase chapter. It's almost like the car chase, though, because it's like it wasn't necessary. But boy, are we getting it. Well, and like, at least I think especially if um if she had decided to continue writing the rest of the series from Edward's point of view, then this might have been very useful to establish different things about Alice's power and the rules of how it works. Um, because she didn't, you know, it's it's just kind of here. It's just kind of a bonus. Um, but I find it fascinating. And I like that she made stronger choices than yeah. usual in the writing. Yeah. And not only do we get just all this fun, fun, cool things with the writing, but Gee, this has this chapter has your favorite things in it. It's got women's wrongs. It's got girl crimes. It's got <laughs> so the whole God forbid women do anything energy. <laughs> Alice really, I let's I can't. The wait. crimes <laughs> are she's it's so out of pocket half the shit she does in this chapter. <laughs> like she's going above and beyond in girl crimes. I want to make I make I'm gonna make a list for this chapter, and every time she borrows or Felonies. steals something. <laughs> Borrowers or steals specifically, I'm I want to write it down on this list. Well, and there's so. destruction of property. There's more. There's a lot of different girl crimes. We can there's a great diversity lists. of girl crimes. <laughs> All right, we'll put we'll put Alice's crimes on one big Alice's list here, crimes, yeah. and we'll we see a, what the tally comes to. We've okay. got a Cullen crimes list. Now she's getting her own list. Um, even before we even get to the list, though, we gotta we gotta highlight this sentence about jasper um specifically <laughs> about james's death because james's death was very much not a concern of edwards in the I'm last chapter so but excited. now that like it's clear bella is gonna pull through and they're focusing more on like getting her to the hospital and stuff he had he takes a minute to to think from emmett and jasper's point of view and james's point of view about james's death and exactly and how so that upset. went out and I just have to read it to you because it's delightful. <laughs> yeah. I, I love James, but his death is delightful to me. It makes me love him more. Yeah. Um, so Emmett is mulling over K 
killing James. And it says, He's because coming. honestly, he'd had the tracker totally contained, though the tracker fought and squirmed and thrashed to avoid Emmett's crushing arms. There was no chance any of this struggle could have helped him. And Emmett was already breaking him when Jasper lunged into the blood-drenched room. Jasper, mangled and ferocious, eyes sharp and empty at the same time, looking like some forgotten god or incarnation of war, projecting an aura of pure violence. And the tracker had stopped trying. In that fraction of a second when he saw Jasper, for the first time, but Emmett didn't know that, he'd surrendered to his fate. No matter that his fate was sealed once Emmett had gotten his hands on him, this was what demoralized him. (laughs) Which I... That is I so hot. That it's is so the hottest hot. thing I've ever heard. It's the horniest like sentence in this book full of horniness. I'm so glad Edward describes Jasper so hornily because it's <laughs> such good fucking food. Mm. It's, mm. I'm so mm. fed by this chapter. And especially by the context of Emmett being offended that he's James so, found Jasper so scary. He's sad. Bella's bleeding out in the back seat, and he's sitting there like, God fucking damn it. I had him. He doesn't think I was scary. His feelings are hurt by this, by this interaction of James's. Uh, I thought it was funny that they let a Jasper drive. It is really funny because it's like, damn. Yeah. It, it is very stupid that they put Emmett and Jasper in the car with currently bleeding out Bella. Like, why? That seems very a unnecessary. contained environment. Like, get, get, might as well put them on an airplane. Like, what are we doing? They've got the windows down, but that doesn't seem like enough. Edward talks about how they're both not breathing. Um, there's points where Emmett wants to talk. He wants to chime into the conversation and he, he can't because he can't breathe. Mm, or he's going to murder Bella. Um, so, you know, props to Emmett for trying, I guess. They've they really held it together remarkably well. Suspiciously well in this chapter. Gee, do you happen to have an updated um, car count? For their mean? little oopsie daisy, car. Count? They have a. They had a twenty-seven car oh, pile up yes. on the one hundred and one. That's we, what you hear mm-hmm. about. We get confirmation. We hear how that many cars? Twenty-seven cars. Plus the one they stole. How is it worth it? How? How oh, is yeah, any of Bella, this worth but it? I, but I killed a family of four on the freeway. Like <laughs> at least the woman in the stick figure car didn't have her kids in the back seat. We just fucked her up and left her on the yeah. side of the road. Oh my god. Well, you have to cause a 27-car pileup to save one person. The math ain't math. It's the trolley problem. It's right there. They're not <laughs> worth it. It's the worst trolley problem ever. We've gotten oh so many God. trolley problems It should be Twilight. so easy, and they just never pick the right one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like, though, because you say that Emmett at one point wants to chime in, but he can't. And you know how Edward and Alice do the whole silent conversation thing? Emmett has a funny thought where he thinks it never gets less annoying because he's thinking about them doing their silent conversations. Yeah, and well, and the dynamic of their silent conversations in this chapter is really funny because it's Edward you know, freaking out about Bella, having his, his continual breakdown. He's going, wah, wah, drive faster. What do you mean? It's going to take Bella three days to heal. That's Rear way too long. that Mini Cooper, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Versus Alice being like, shut the fuck up. Some of us are trying to work here. Like, leave me alone. I know what I'm about, son. I know what I'm about. I'm telling you to drive 67 miles per hour and you're going to goddamn drive 67 miles per hour. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> exactly 67, which is... <laughs> she knows exactly how far to push it um but like they're kind of bickering over like what to do and you know edward has no patience whereas alice is like no let me work let me work let the master work let me do my clue thing i love the part where they're having this like tiff back and forth and it says she twisted in her seat so that i could see her roll her eyes (laughs) then turned back and kept planning 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. She says, shut up. This is my time. My turn. Yeah. And they, she is really, truly thinking of every factor. Like they're taking Bella to the closest hospital, but she, they're thinking about, okay, we're in a stolen car. We can't pull up where the security cameras are going to pick us up, but we need to pull up somewhere with shade because we're going to have to carry her in. Like every single logistical concern. They have to think of everything. (laughs) And again, it would be super boring if not for the stylism of like switching to the present tense and being like, Alice walks into the hospital. She's wearing this. Uh Uh-oh, someone notices blood on her shoes. Rewind. Alice walks into the hospital. She's wearing a different it's outfit. It's so abrupt every time. And it's so fun. And I adore yes. this as a choice for mm-hmm. Alice's vision. And yes. she has to steal Emmett's hoodie, which is such a freaking oh, cute okay. image. So cute. Little tiny Alice really and a giant Emmett It was hoodie. already too small for him, that we, if we recall in a previous episode. So maybe mm-hmm. it's not that crazy on her. Well, it is. She is described as swimming in it. So that's pretty fun for yeah, me. Yeah, because she riddled. That's so cute. I know. So cute. She has to steal Emmett's hoodie. And later she has to steal Jasper's watch, which is also way too big for her. And Put a pin in yeah. that because I Jasper's watch is like 40 grand. I looked it <laughs> Jasper's up. watch has some people on Tumblr <laughs> pissed off. <laughs> It's oh, really yeah. funny. Jasper's okay. watch makes us want to eat the rich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> High five. You owe me a soda. Oh my god. Okay. All but right. yeah, I forgot the reason she needs to borrow Emmett's hoodie is because she needs to fucking steal blood from the hospital. Girl crime number one. She needs to steal blood from the hospital because she's thinking about how she's going to have to stage a fake accident scene of how Bella supposedly got this this banged up. Um, so she's, Funny. she's like, I'm going to need to sprinkle blood all around my little fake crime scene. Um, and they, she, they even go so far as to tell us what Bella's blood type is so she can steal blood of the same oh. type. Yeah. I was going to ask if, um, you remembered what Bo's blood type was in those previous episodes during the blood typing thing. Oh, was it question. also O positive? Cause I can't remember. We can Ooh. look it up. I feel like it might've been B or something. Cause Bella's is uh, O positive. He's O negative. Oh my god. Guys. Oh, positive is for girls. Positive oh for girls, god. negative for boys. Oh my that's so that's funny. Thank you, Stephanie, for that change because that means nothing but everything to me at the same time. <laughs> Completely random. I love it. Um yeah, no, great. So anyways, what was going stealing on? blood. Girl crime number okay. one is she needs to put blood in the pocket of Emmett's hoodie. <laughs> So she's walking in. She's also her shoes are bloodstained. This is important when you're for your when you picture Alice in this chapter. Her shoes are dyed with Bella's blood. She's wearing an enormous hoodie and an enormous watch, and her hoodie is full of blood. She goes, and it's so easy for her to uh, on the, the inside blood. clean, <laughs> not on the outside like her shoes. Yeah, blood yeah, on the yeah. outside of her shoes, blood hidden, stolen. Because she's like, they're going to be so distracted t- treating Bella that I'm going to be able to just literally walk in and take. I think it's like three or four bags. It's a lot. Four. She's stealing four a bags. lot of blood to the point. Quietly where- sloshing bags. Quietly sloshing. I love that. To the point where Edward is like, leave some for Bella, and she's like, oh my god, I know what I'm about. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to steal exactly the right amount of blood. It seems like too much. I don't think you need four bags of blood, but okay. Um, and then she is, you know, she's planning what she's going to do next. Um, da, 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 the she hospital. steals a bag from the hospital. She steals a woman's bag. Yes. Well, she her next step is going checking into a hotel because what's complicated here is that Bella is already hurt, but they need to go stage the crime scene, the accident scene, and it's going to have to happen after the, bag from the, the time hospital, though. Bella was hurt. 
Yeah, but well, th- that's the thing. That's why her visions are so crazy timeline wise, because like they're still in the car at this point, but she has projected ahead, not only to the hospital, but to the hotel she's going to go to after she drops, I think it's Carlisle, Bella and Edward at the hospital. Yeah. She keeps Jasper and Emmett. Um, so she's going next, she's going to the hotel and she's going to check into the hotel and she sees that the person behind the desk is going to notice that she doesn't have any bags. So she's like, no problem. While I'm in the hospital, I'm going to fucking steal a patient, an unconscious patient's duffel bag. So this funny. cancer patient now has no clean funny. underwear. Oh my God. Because Alice needs to stage a crime scene. Um, so she steals a duffel bag from a random hospital patient. They never give it back, by the way. I did check just to be like, maybe oh. they give it back. No, they do not There's give it back. Terrible. Um, or at least if, if they do, we don't hear about it. <clears throat> And uh, yeah, no, there's there's a very funny line where it describes how she looks really good in the enormous sweatshirt and bloodstained shoes. It says, there was an air of the avant-garde about it. Alice could pull off anything. Love that. Fashion. Uh Fashion girly. Um, She picks the hotel really close to the airport. I mean, not the airport, the hospital. And then she has to gaslight the woman behind the desk of the hotel to make her think it's 10 minutes earlier than it is. And for that, she needs Jasper's watch so she can point at her watch and be like, no, no, it's actually 10. Your clock is wrong. It's 10 minutes earlier. Um, So she has to steal Jasper's watch, which is a quote unquote bespoke. I think it's Breguet, Breguet, Um, Breguet. I can't say this word. It looks French or something. Um, yeah, I, I did know. Google baguette. it. I, <laughs> a baguette. I did Google it and confirmed that all of the watches that came up are between seven grand and forty grand, and these are ones that are not bespoke. So, do that math. Do that math in your head. Um, they are kind of good looking. Like I'm like, yeah, I could see Jasper wearing this. It's very plain and basic <laughs> and forty grand. I like that it, they mentioned that it was a gift from her. They had he has to start yeah. it in there. Because she would. She would get him a 40 grand watch. She gaslights the woman at the hotel. She demands rooms on the second floor. Um, and she keeps having to rewind the vision because there's all these mistakes. There's the mistake with, with no watch. There's the mistake with no duffel bag. There's a mistake where she gets rooms on the first floor. She's like, no, no, no. I need to do this, 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 and this. Make sure I get rooms on the second floor, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then she just drops the duffel bag in one of the rooms and immediately um, yeets herself down the stairs and through a window. In the funniest fucking sentence, it says, Alice hurls herself down the stairs, curling like a bowling ball. She smashes through the dead center of the tall window. Um, And then it goes on and on describing the broken glass. And she is able to cover up the sound of this accident by calling Emmett and Jasper, who are out in the parking lot, and telling them to lean on the horn for many seconds while she crashes through a window. Um, And then she starts dumping... Three out of four of the blood bags all around. That's that's way too much. Again, that's you don't need so that much. much blood. This poor hotel god, is gonna, have... gonna be like, oh my god, seventeen people died here. <laughs> no, they were thawing. They were thawing that blood for someone who needed it. I just know. Oh, it. So, someone's on the table waiting for like a kidney transplant or something. <laughs> no, literally. Maybe it's, it's so the same bad. woman whose duffel bag she stole too. You know, just insult to injury. So many lives are being ruined just to save Bella, who didn't even want to live. Yes. They could have let her become a vampire. She would have been fine. Um, but no, instead we've stolen blood bags. And now we've done destruction of property. Um, we've stolen two two things, blood and duffel bag. And now we have crashed. You did through a window. Girl crime number three. Girl crimes by mm-hmm. Alice today. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> She's pouring blood on the sidewalk. They pick her up in the stolen car. 
And um, then Alice is, she's, it says she's satisfied with how that section would play out. She turned her attention to the next parts. None of it was as much fun, but still vital. And Edward knows, says fun. fun. I scoffed. Yeah. <laughs> she ignored me. She's like, no, I'm having fun with your girlfriend's medical trauma. I'm having, I'm going to make the best of this, you know? So if likes. Alice is going to fix their problems, she is allowed to even giggle and put her feet up while she plans her day. I think mm-hmm. it's within her rights. She loves an excuse for girl crimes. She's kicking her, you're right, her blood And she's looking and good while doing it with her avant-garde <laughs> little hoodie and her mm-hmm. fucking, she could start a trend with her oversized watch. It's funny. That's a good um cosplay for someone to do. Tie-dye some shoes with just red and then wear a giant hoodie and a giant watch and just What are you? Around. Just a real neat <laughs> Alan, Alice Cullen. Steal a duffel bag. Yeah. Steal, have one of those fake blood bags, just carry it around with you. Be covered with loose shards of glass. <laughs> you have to steal a Cayenne Porsche, though, so you gotta true, really true. commit to the bit. Yeah, so then um, part, part two of Alice's visions is they go back to the airport to rent a car that kind of looks like the Cayenne. It's just a big white car. Um, and then... They drive the Cayenne to a car wash, and Alice tells the, the car wash people, this might be my favorite this part. This is the funniest lie. This it is says, the best one. She tells them that her niece threw up a bunch of tomato juice in the back seat <laughs> to explain tomato all the Tomato juice. Alice, you, you <laughs> asshole. Because those things are totally the same color They're and the same, and, and they smell. smell the same, and they mm-hmm. are, you know. Yeah. Just what... She could have factored in another 30 seconds and went to the store and got a bunch of cans of tomatoes and, like, dumped it. She could have just been like, I just drove my dog to the emergency vet. You can see I've had a bad day. Can you help me out here? Yeah, like, you could tell the truth. You could tell. And also, like, like guys are stupid. I'm assuming they're guys. She could have been like, yo, periods, man. (laughs) And they would have just been like, oh, yeah, girl stuff. Heavy flow this week, you know? I sneeze. Sorry. This is a normal amount for a period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, instead it's tomato <laughs> juice and it's, it's very silly. This is where she tells them the, the fake name Mary, which is funny because that's actually her real name. She doesn't know that, but that is her oh, real wow. name. Her name is Mary Alice. Um, so she, it's very funny that her, she just so happens to choose this pseudonym. Um, yeah. And then she, while they're cleaning the car, which is another, she could have just cleaned the car her damn self. She's a vampire. Yeah. Like, go get some bleach. Surely you guys know how to clean up blood by now. You'd think that'd be a pretty crucial skill. Oh, listen, they are billionaires, though, so they do absolutely <laughs> outsource that. They hire it out. They, they do absolutely outsource that. Mm-hmm. So then while she, from the car wash, she calls the hotel lady and tells her, oh my god, my friend Bella was here and she fell down the stairs and broke a window. And we're taking her to the ER and I can't talk for long, but like... Somebody else could get hurt. There's so much glass. There's like so much blood. You've got to clean it up before somebody gets hurt. Oh my God. Um, so like, that's that's the extent of what they do. They don't help clean it up themselves. They don't even like report it in person. They just call and tell. I'm just thinking like, like does this way, hotel have security cameras and they just see a, a young girl throw herself right? See, I want to hear the phone call though, because there's a note that says Alice is barely coherent. I want to hear her fake cry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's doing a real good, like, panicked woman, you know, category five for once, woman moment. For once, oh. skits are for women. For once. Yeah. Skits, and they're yeah, for Alice true. Cullen. Alice and Bo should, like, team up and co-direct something. Um, 
But yeah, she sees that the hotel is not going to call the police because they're worried about liability. They're like, oh my God, Bella's going to sue us. She's going to sue us so hard. We've got to clean up real quick before anyone can get evidence and document. Mm-hmm. You know? And they apparently the hotel spends more than a year, quote unquote, waiting in miserable suspense to be sued <laughs> by Bella. <laughs> more than a year. These poor people are tormented because Alice had to mom hear and pop. This know. is like their only business. They're like just waiting right. to be shut down. They're trying to put a kid oh, through college. No. Aww. Yeah, no, truly. Like this is yet another, like the, the audacity, the, the affluenza in this chapter. Ugh, affluenza. <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, she's taking the car to a car wash. She's messing up the livelihood of the poor little hoteliers. Um, the car gets clean, and then she takes the last bag of blood and dumps it all over the rental car, because that's supposedly the car that they allegedly brought Bella to the hospital yeah. in. And that she she cleans up herself and does a deliberately shitty job, just in case anyone thinks to question her story of taking her friend to the hospital and was like, but was there blood in the rental car? You know, like, it doesn't... Yeah. This she covers bases that they don't really need to, but it's Alice, and she's extra, and she's just gonna do it. Yeah, no. A whole other person at that hospital died so Alice could dump blood in this rental car. <laughs> yep. Had, that's, had their death so, to like, the fucking tally. Depending on whether you count this as a second destruction of property, we could tally that as another We crime. do. Um, but first they take the rental car to the mall. Because let's go to the mall.mp3. It's time for shopping. Shopping go, montage. Um, and things she's buying at the mall include fake, like, not fake, new suitcases and a bunch of new shoes and clothes for all of them. Um, so it looks like they came here on purpose and planned mm. to come here. Um, everybody gets a suitcase to, like, part of the cover story. She throws away her bloodstained shoes. She pays cash and uses fake credit cards. She gets clothes for Carlisle Emmett. And then there's a sentence, quote unquote, Jasper acts as a Sherpa for her. Which hmm. is referring to he carries the bags. But, but also, like, but also, why? The Sherpa are an ethnic group from Nepal. You could have just said he carries the bags. But no, Stephanie said, no, 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 no. I got another one for you here. You could yeah. have been just like a butler or like, what is the bellhop is like in the mm-hmm. hotel. That's a what they do. standing lamp, which is what we have, basically <laughs> is. It was just like, there was Thanks, no Steph. need for this. And like, <laughs> even if we take out the like cultural appropriation part of it, um, it it sounds very 40 year old m- woman, right? Like you can't imagine a young person making this reference I, or I can't yeah. like, it doesn't, yeah. it sounds very weird. It took me right out of it. I was like, what? It's an actual ethnic group and it doesn't, it shouldn't just be a replacement word for meaning someone who carries shit. <laughs> yeah exactly okay anyway it's weird it took me right out of the shopping montage it's funny Um, because this late in the game we should expect a little curveball like that to really take us out of the moment but yeah it's not not quite skinhead but sometimes it still hurts (laughs) yeah every now and then like you know right when you're enjoying yourself stephanie will just real quick real quick remind you um who she is (laughs) just reality and you oblivious bitch Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so then they they dump the car at the mall. They just leave it in the mall parking garage, which is funny to me. Like, I think if you were getting rid of a stolen car, you would want to leave it somewhere you haven't actually been and shopped 
I do find it funny, though, that they're like, it's going to take the security guards, like, four days to find it. Thanks for that detail. That helps. (laughs) That helps. I also like the line where it's like, well, the car won't pass a luminol test, but it it won't need one. (laughs) They're like, no one's going to look. It's It's clean enough. Which is funny. You'd think, like, okay, putting fake blood in the real, in the rental car is less important than doing a better job cleaning the real blood out of the stolen car, but no, no. But the the boys, the boys go home. I do love that sentence. In the visions, they go home. They're still all in the car, but in the visions, they go home. It says, once the boys are gone, because uh, Jasper and Alice drop Emmett off at the airport, and then Jasper goes to the Mercedes, where presumably he's... He pays for parking again. He, he pays for parking again. At home. You know what? That reverses that reverses Alice's crimes list. So we get to knock one of those crimes <laughs> off because Jasper pays for parking a second time. Mm-hmm. I'm so well, proud. It of doesn't him. specify that he does, but I mean, I think it would specify if he didn't. I think we. Would, if yeah. they paid for parking on the car chase chase scene, they're absolutely <laughs> paying for parking now. Yeah. Minus one sin. Funny. Minus one crime. Minus one sin. We can get rid of the bloodstained rental car crime on that mm-hmm. one. And then she's uh yeah she kisses him goodbye. I like that it speci- specifies that they kiss. Jasper kisses he Alice and starts the long drive yeah. home. It's like oh. thank you. I'm I feel fed. I feel seen by that line. Yeah, and then Emmett's got his new suitcase. He's got his suitcase. He's going to the airport. He's flying home to Seattle. And initially, in Alice's first vision, he fucking throws the brand new suitcase full of brand new clothes into the water in Seattle and then swims home to Forks. Uh, Because his job now is to take Bella's truck and bring her truck to Phoenix because Bella supposedly drove to Phoenix in her truck. I Um, forgot about that part. (laughs) So Shit. Oh, he's gonna have take. It's gonna take a while. In this version, which doesn't end up being the version they go with, they bought an entire new suitcase and new clothes only to throw it into the water because he has to swim home. Because I guess Esme and Rosalie would, could not be bothered to come get him. Um, so, like, yeah, no, at, at first she's doing that, and then Alice realizes, no, it's Bella's truck is just way too fucking slow. He's never going to drive it here before Charlie arrives to visit his hospitalized daughter. So we need the truck to get here faster. So she calls Rosalie, who has not been updated on any of what has happened. And Alice, just out of the blue, without context, is like, things listen, I need you to tr- get a fucking tow truck. I need you to buy a tow truck. She says, rent or buy <laughs> a tow truck and bring Bella's truck here. ASAP. And then Rosalie's like, wait, no, but back up. Is, is my husband okay? alive? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Edward is like, why not just let Rosalie drive Bella's truck here? And then realizes it's because Rosalie wouldn't do it. Rosalie's not going to help. She's, she won't do that unless Emmett is involved in the plan. She won't help. So, like, Alice has to call and be like, no, I need you to come get Emmett from the airport um, with your tow truck and Bella's truck and then drive it back here ASAP, you guys, together. A little couple's road trip for Rose and mm. Emmett. Alice knows um, how to perfectly manipulate every member of her family to get them she to do really exactly does. what she needs in order to make sure that the story progresses in a way that keeps everybody alive, and I love that for mm-hmm. her. Well, and, like, she really, she anticipates <laughs> this. Oh, this is my girl! She anticipated this one without even the need for a vision. She was just like, I'm, con- I'm gonna call Rosalie, I'm gonna say she these She just things. knows Rosalie. <laughs> Queen. And yeah, no, it was, it's it's kind of crazy. And I also fucking love that, um, first of all, Alice is like, and in this way, Emmett gets to keep his new clothes that I brought him. He doesn't have to throw oh them into the sound. Love it. 
added bonus priorities baby she's got them sorted why would he have to throw them into the sound like he could just leave them somewhere and someone could find them yes he could donate them like there's donate no them. leave no them at reason. the airport i lost and found give them to you know a how much person could on the side a banana cost michael oh my god <laughs> it's very much that energy they're like oh we can just buy more clothes more clearly it's environmental girl crimes again you know more girl crimes against nature she in fact i'm gonna i think dead. we should we should ding her for the suitcase crime um, yeah. because it's an environmental crimes. crime yeah 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 very serious and fittingly rosalie calls her a brat she says you're such a brat and alice hangs up on her <laughs> she is though i do love because we get so few rosalie and alice interactions that this one is so important to me and like it's it's very clear like what the Alice goal... says hurry up Rose you've got a deadline you're such a brat Alice disconnected the phone <laughs> I adore them it reads like a very typical interaction between them yeah it's between it's very sisters cute. it's fun and then Emmett is really excited he's just he's stoked to be here you know he's like I'm gonna see Rosalie again this is I'm having a great time and then it says no reason at all to mention the ridiculous thing with Jasper <laughs> He doesn't want Rosalie to know that James was more afraid of Jasper than him. He's really taking this to heart, poor boy. And then he has, he feels a quote unquote, deep swell of fraternal affection for Bella. Um, He's like, oh, Bella's a good kid. She's a good kid. And then Um, he thinks Rose is going to have to get over this. He thought to himself, pronto, which is what you say when like, your kid brings home a puppy or something. And you're like, we can't keep this puppy. But then like, Like, dad comes home and he's like, oh, but we love the puppy. You're going to have to get over it. Look at this cute little puppy. We're keeping it. It's funny. Mm -hmm. Mom's going to have to get over it Mm because I like the puppy. Yeah. Bella is the puppy. (laughs) (laughs) That's her new persona. Yeah. And then that's kind of the end of the chapter. Like, as she's she's calling Rosalie, they are pulling up to the hospital. And there's one little throwaway line I failed to mention earlier. They were talking about pulling up to the hospital, staying out of the view of the cameras and how that's going to make it harder because they're going to have right. to carry Bella all this distance and they're going to And it's weird. like, why wouldn't we pull up outside <clears throat> of the emergency room? Well, And then it implies, this line basically says that if they needed to, Alice could have hacked into the hospital security system in order to erase them from the security tapes in the stolen car. Alice so, like, Cullen, multi-hyphenate powerhouse. She is pulling like six heists at it all. once. Like she's stealing cars, she's stealing blood, she's stealing hospital patients. I'm writing, and she's could have hacked. And could have I'm hacked. putting it under the crime list. Could have hacked. It's, it's a real, like I said, it's diversity of the girl crimes this week. She um, is a woman in STEM. STEM is for women. Um, I know that's pretty much it. That's, you know, the extremely detailed walk through covering up um, Bella's injuries involving the, pretty much the whole family. Yeah. Literally everyone but Esme is part of this plan. So that's it's so fun. And it's such a I you know, I agree with you guys both that like this is a really great like exercise for Stephanie Meyer and like creativity. And like this yeah. is like re- like really awesome. And I think a really cool way to just get this background information that we've all kind of it's obviously not been like like wondering like oh I'm not gonna sleep at night because I don't know how this happened like you obviously are like oh they made it happen but this is really cool because mm-hmm. this expands on the world that the Collins live in it expands mm-hmm. on Alice's character because you hear all the time oh her visions her visions her visions yeah. it's like yeah their visions help us her visions do this sometimes she can't access her visions because of this character but it's like 
what do these visions look like? So to get a play-by-play, I do remember reading this back in 2020 and being fresh from the like whiplash of the car chase and being so confused by that and then reading the ballet studio scene. And I remember getting to this part and I remember, I think this may have been the only other time besides the, the car chase that I had to put the book down because I was like, oh, wait, hold on. We're doing something fully different now because the yeah. way that she kind of shifts gears at the end of Midnight Sun in order to accommodate the rest of the plot is it's very interesting um, I, but I do love this chapter so much more than I like the um, the left turn that is the car chase. The this car is like chase. a right turn yeah. back the other well, way because it's working um, you back. But boy, are you getting somewhere interesting again? It's doing a lot of the same things as the car chase. It's showing the teamwork yeah. between everyone in the family. It's showing like you know she's borrowing Emmett's hoodie. She's getting Rosalie to rent a tow truck. Emmett's flying home. Like all everyone is coordinating. You know she's calling them on the phone. They're honking the car horn, and it's like it's doing it, but it feels a lot more necessary. Yeah. Like the car yes. chase. All we needed to know is that they drove real fast. With this, it's like, there kind of are some complicated logistics. Because we do hear, not to spoil anything, but in Twilight, we do hear they tell Bella, yeah, we faked the scene of your accident so you'd have a cover story for your parents. Um, So, like, the development of the cover story feels a little more relevant to the plot. And it also, like, it's able to showcase the kind of family dynamics, you know, Rosalie calling Alice a brat, and, like, everyone, Mm, her buying clothes for everyone. Um, in in the same way as the car chase but better yeah and the car chase is more of like an unpleasant surprise where you're like why the hell do we have this while this chapter is more of like a a almost shocking like surprise where it's like oh we're getting something that's actually kind of interesting and something that actually expands on the world in a way where yes. we can take this yeah. information and go forth in the series with it with a well, better that, understanding that of characters the, and the key Alice. difference this is expanding yeah. the world and the characters in a way that the car chase didn't at it was all. just making us go like <laughs> what the <laughs> yeah. uh, it's all fun though we're having a good time baby sure yeah uh, having a blast. Well, and i think um it's gonna be pretty easy to pick an mvp for this chapter i don't know about y'all oh, <laughs> obviously it's alice. alice obviously it's alice but i feel like if we were to pick a joking one i would pick the the woman that gets gaslit at the lobby hotel i would pick lobby. her and i would pick the guy who has to clean up the quote-unquote tomato yeah. juice at the car wash. Yeah. They're unsung heroes of this chapter, but uh, Alice is obviously the MVP. Mm -hmm. Well, we we can give them honorable mentions. Wow. That was a lot. That was a lot. We're almost at page, we're almost to page 600 in the Midnight Sun um, hardcover copy. Yeah. How many, how many chapters are left? Like, not a lot. Yeah, we are closing in on the end. I believe it. This is such an undertaking. Like every episode I listen to, I'm continuously like, oh my God, you guys, like what a project. <laughs> this is so. There's a lot going on. You got, and you guys have been doing such an amazing job. Aww, like I think this, so everything is so, I, I love every episode. I really look forward to them. And you guys have been like putting me to sleep. Like after when I listen to podcasts before (gasps) I go to bed. So like I fall asleep listening to you guys and it's just. Wait, that's actually the best thing anyone's ever told me about this. And I had a friend this past week be like, yo, I had someone recommend me your podcast the other day, which is funny, but this is better because I love putting on someone just talking and puts my ass right to sleep. It's nice. Knowing that I'm that for at least one other person makes me so happy. I'm sleeping and you guys are like still talking and I'm just like subconsciously. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Don't be a stranger, Amber, because you're just like such a delight every time you're Oh my God. Yes. Thank you so much for coming back. Oh my gosh. Of course. But yeah, thank you so much for having me back. I was so excited to get the invite because I just like 
I love the podcast. You guys are awesome. I have so Aww. much fun being here. And this is just a real treat. Oh, thank you again. We have just way too much fun with our guests and way too much fun with our listeners in general. We get the sickest feedback and participation from you guys. Um, And if you want to send us feedback and participation, there are so many ways to do that. We've got like a zillion social medias at this point. Mm -hmm. We have Um, a whole bunch. Yeah, you want to list some of them, Shannon? Oh, man. Well, we are three books, one plot, all spelled out on Tumblr, Instagram, TikTok, and Ko-Fi. And our Gmail is threebooksoneplot at gmail.com. The only different account is our Twitter, which is number three, word books, number one, word plot. And um, send us stuff there. And the Ko-Fi, again, is just for us to hopefully break even. So we appreciate any type of Ko-Fi people who are interacting with that. We appreciate it, but it is not necessary. You can also show us your love by rating and reviewing um, yeah whatever platform you're listening on you can should be able to sl- slide us a little review give us your thoughts um Please. and if you are listening on spotify we also have weekly polls and open-ended questions um so you can vote for your own mvps you can uh this week's question i think will will come up with an absolute doozy so you can answer that <laughs> <laughs> And then we also have, if you really, really want to get super interactive, we have a book club. Um, Our April book is Little Women, which you still have a (gasps) list. Is it really? Uh I put that on my list the other day, not knowing. I'm psychic. Alice, call me. Sorry. Mm. Anyways. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we had Bo's book club. We're back to doing Bella's book club. reading little women this month on april 17th is our discussion and you can participate in that by following the tumblr bella's book club all one word uh no apostrophe or the or we have a discord we have linked and you can join that we sometimes also do movie nights and little women has some damn good adaptations you to watch some movies um you can yeah, also so- on the bella's book club tumblr find a link to our goodreads account too your friend yeah yeah we love interaction fun stuff um and we we love hanging out with people in book club because you guys just come up with the best insights and the funniest jokes every consistently every month it's so great yeah so that's pretty much uh our our stuff we've got going on um we'd love to hear from you if you want to send us a super long you know any kind of opinions thoughts memes whatever we will be doing a letterbox episode at some point where we read through some of our longer um mm-hmm. notes we've gotten mostly yes. on our gmail uh we've gotten some really fun really insightful stuff yeah stuff i'm excited to talk about yeah well that's awesome and um you're still amber you're still at valkyries correct yes yes okay. on valkyries on tumblr and ao3 and uh twitter um, V-A-L-K-Y-R-H-Y-S. And then okay. I, my big girl Twitter account for like <laughs> writing and like, ho- hopefully you'll have some updates to that soon is Amber's Fick, A-M-B-E-R-S-F-I-C. Um, and that's, that's me personally. And you can also find me at OFIC Magazine. Oh, that's Half right. OFIC. Um, I'm a managing editor for OFIC Magazine. We publish original fiction by fandom at large. If you're in fandom, if you're a fan artist, you know, we'd love for you to submit your art. We do not publish fan fiction or fan art, have to make that clear, but we encourage submissions from people from fandom, um, because you know, that we have that fandom aesthetic. So if you have any original work that, you know, you'd like to submit, please check us out. OFICMag.com, OFICMag.tumblr.com. Um, 
Ofic Mag will have just released our one year anniversary issue, our fandom origin <gasps> story issue, which is nonfiction um, stories from our contributors and some of the staff about our relationship with fandom, how we found fandom. Oh, fun. Very, very exciting. Oh, that is exciting. Wow. One year of OFIC. Congratulations. Yes. We're, we're so thrilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like if you like this podcast, you will like OFIC mag. Like the stuff yeah. in it is very yeah. fun. And it's kind of in the same vein of like, I don't know, thinky fan stuff. <laughs> we love all sorts of fun, creative stuff, whether it be, really introspective super kinky super sad mm-hmm. super funny like you know we all the bases. we got it all it's, like, it's they have the range they have mm-hmm. the range guys Truly. oh my gosh well thank you a million times again for coming back i Yay. can't wait to chat thank with you, so you again in the future me. um now before we bid this episode adieu uh g I know that we have a lot to do in terms of staying safe here. So I would love for you to give us Bella's safety tip of the week, because I think we all really need some help. Um, well, I'm winging it this week. I usually wow. prepare these in advance, but <laughs> I literally just got out of the shower. So, um, hmm. I think, I think Bella's safety tip of the week is don't forget snakes. You know, when in doubt, I... you can always turn to a snake to solve your problems. I'm leaving. Suck that venom out. I know I said earlier to never do that, but Bella's safety tip of the week is totally do that. Bella's safety tip of the week is get that set. All right, (laughs) y'all. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.